Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Better not have no plans tonight. Movie time and it's feeling right. You're looking for a love last. You'll find, find it at Romance in the Podcast. Ooh, ooh, baby, had me a hello. Ooh, I love you. I know. Ooh, ooh, baby, you're the wind beneath my wings. I'll have what she's having. Thank you for tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week, Paige made us watch Barb and Star go, go to Vista Del, Mar. Del Mar. Yeah. Yeah. So, Paige, why? Uh-huh. Uh, because it's uh-huh. wonderful. Uh-huh. It honestly is. I loved it. Right? Yeah. Right? It's like a shot of serotonin to the dome. God, I watched it with Natalie, and I can't count how many times we both laughed out loud during this movie. It is a scream laugh movie. Yes. I I love it. I liked it. It reminded me of like a Will Ferrell comedy from like when he was good. Yes. And then uh, oh, that's fair. Yeah. No. <laughs> it was like Anchorman One, not Anchorman Two, if you yes. know what I'm saying. My favorite work by Will Ferrell recently has been Secession. I have not seen it. Is it good? He executive produces it. He's not on it, but it's him and his executive mm. producing partner. They produce so many things. Like this. They produce this. Yeah. I'm gonna pick um Stranger Than Fiction at some point. I like him and I'm like more serious role. Yeah. Yeah, I love him too. I think I think he's great all around. Uh, I will say this is your Angus because I don't think this fits into the podcast as much as we meant to. Oh, this I don't is know not about a romantic that. comedy. No, I don't know. No, about this that. absolutely it's a romantic is. comedy between her and Edgar. That's like saying Anchorman's a comedy for like him and Veronica Cornystone. Cornystone yeah, together. I think that that qualifies. And how dare you try no, to exclude it from this podcast? No. Yeah, because their love story is central to the story, but. I would say that I think if we had had a friendments month, like a friend romance month, this would have probably fit equally well there. This would have fit quote unquote bromance month, right? Yeah. I like to call it friendments month because it could be any combination of genders. As yeah. Opposed I don't to just see bro. like for my bromance movie, I was going to do the heat. Which is Sandra Bullock and yeah, Melissa McCarthy right. because I fucking love them in that movie. Oh, I thought you were gonna do Heat with Al Pacino and Kilmer. <laughs> Where's the fan? All, also qualifies. <laughs> like it's like a four-hour movie. No, but I mean, like, also I don't care because like this is our podcast. We do for fun and we rotate picks and like it's about us. It's not about anybody. Yeah, else. stop making so, it yes. about you. <laughs> So I have to say this really quick. We took a little bit of a break from recording. It was right. like five days. <laughs> I, it was longer than that. I really missed you guys. I had a lot of a lot of fun on vacation, but I really missed our bi-weekly chats. 
<laughs> I did. I did miss y'all. It was nice because I, I I did not go out of town. Oh, but I'm going out of town next weekend. I forgot to tell you. I'm so glad you're just now telling us on the episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was a last minute decision. It's a bachelor party, and I thought it was three weeks from now, but it's next weekend. It's almost like you have a track record of not being good at planning your future. <laughs> but Mikey, we can figure it out. Like, I'm not worried about it. I mean, we can just record during yeah. the week. I'm the most replaceable one. It'll be fine. No, you are not. That's ridiculous. If we had to list us out. I mean, we're all in the top three. <laughs> but, but, but Mikey, we'll just record more during the week. It'll be fine. Boom. Sorted. So we went out of town. I was home with my parents for uh, a memorial service and uh, stayed for like a couple days. So while we were with my parents, I showed them this movie because they usually watch the movie for the podcast for mm -hmm. this in right. advance of the movie. Now, granted, they had not watched Simply Irresistible, uh, but my dad watched it yesterday and texted me his thoughts. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> we'll read those another time. We'll read those another time. Man, that was um, so funny. Because what happened with Barb and Stargo to Vista Del Mar, as my husband informed me yesterday, is that they got up the next morning and my dad was describing it to Jake, who has already seen it. I don't know why this conversation took place, but my dad... <laughs> Apparently, multiple times referred to Jamie Dornan as Christopher Dorner, who, mm -hmm. if you remember, was the guy who wrote a manifesto and killed a bunch of policemen in Los Angeles a few years ago. And I just want you to oh, think of yeah. how much different this movie would be. Is he the one who like killed a bunch of people and like ran off to that cabin? Yeah, yeah, yes. cabin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So pretty much this movie. I mean, clearly yeah, inspired exactly. the real events of this movie. Yeah. But then the back half of his manifesto was literally just celebrity shout outs. And it's one of my favorite things. I do remember that, yeah. But it's pages and pages long about how he's bummed he's going to miss the future Hangover movies and how he thinks various <laughs> comedians are cool. And yeah. at the time, people were just like, did you end up in the manifesto? So I very closely followed the story because we were all fascinated by it. My dad did not, I don't think. But then could not remember Jamie Dornan's name and it was just Christopher Dorner and so now oh my god that's all we can think about <laughs> oh man I do think it's very similar to what happened in this movie except instead of going to a cabin Jamie Dornan goes to Vista Del Mar and tries to kill everyone there so well you know he yeah. goes to the cabin and the LAPD burned it down around him is what happened so in this story the LAPD are the mosquitoes <laughs> <laughs> so clearly I loved it Mikey, you're sort yes. of mad on it, it seems. And Paige, of course, you love it. I love it. I really love the first two thirds. But like old comedies that I love, when they have to wrap up like the weird plots they have for these yes. movies, I'm just like, why even have a weird plot? Let's just pick a point and end it. You know? <laughs> like the whole jet scene, the whole jet ski stuff. And I'm just like, okay. Oh, I love no, that stuff. There's a shining moment at the very, very end that I think is worth the payoff. Yeah, her name is Reba McIntyre slash Her Trish. name is Reba McIntyre, yeah. yes. <laughs> of Tremors fame. I did like Trish coming back. Well, I mean, what do you mean coming back? The only time you hear about Trish is when they're just yes-anding each other about this fictional <laughs> about person Trish. that does 
not exist on the plane, driving everyone crazy. She did become a water spirit. That was all true. My hot take about this is that that plane went down and we are watching like their fever dream, like Jacob's Ladder situation <laughs> as they what die. Yeah. Mr. Del Mar is. I was going to ask you how you came across it because I didn't hear anything about it until you told me I would love it. And you are absolutely right, by the way. Thank but you. how did you like hear about it? Somebody recently brought up that they thought it was hilarious. And I was like, oh, whatever. And so it had kind of like stuck in my brain for months and months and months and months and months. And was just like, well, I've got an afternoon and I'm, you know, just answering emails for work. I'm just going to put it in. And literally laughed till I peed to the like it was I I yeah. like I was watching it and I was like never has a movie been so made for me <laughs> this is great I had such a great time with it and I would argue yeah it is a romantic comedy I mean you cast Jamie Dornan in it this is his 50 shades redemption I mean it definitely is a romantic comedy between uh star is it yeah star Short for Starbra. I would argue there's no romance and it's just comedy. Oh, well, you'd be wrong. I mean, clearly they you'd, get together at the wrong. end of the movie. Did you not they watch end it? To, I don't they understand end up together, yeah. No. They go on multiple dates over the course of it's days. It's a good discussion. They fuck multiple times. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She tells him about how she felt bad and like being with him is making her feel better. And he is like invested in them being an official couple. You cannot argue that there is not a romance <laughs> Mikey has story his in this movie. Face in his hand right now. <laughs> He's so upset with us. I can and I will argue that there's not romance in this movie. <laughs> I don't know. Nothing says romance to me like banging someone publicly on hard stairs. Yeah, twice. The, all yeah. of these characters have the depth of plywood. Yeah, it's a comedy. Yeah. Exactly, Paige! Exactly! (laughs) I don't think Mikey understands what the calm part of rom-com is. I don't think you understand what the rom part is. (laughs) Everyone in this movie is a caricature, but that does not mean that there is not a romance in it. There's definitely a romance in it. I think there is... You could argue that they're probably not still together, but that doesn't mean there's not a romance. (laughs) No, hey, we will get to that. Yeah. Just making the argument... For the sake of the people that I know are out there who are also making this argument. I don't think anyone's making this argument. People were very excited we were doing this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just you. All people. All people are excited. Yeah, I think all people are on board for this. But I mean, people are also going to say that this is more of a comedy than a romantic comedy. And I'm okay with that. I don't also don't care. I'm just having the nuance <laughs> of the conversation. I don't care. I'm just going to bring it up multiple times this over is the no course of lucky 15 one, okay? minutes. <laughs> I'm chill. You sound it. You sound super chill right now. So, so chill. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, you know, it's more of a comedy than a romantic comedy. There's some romantic elements to sit in. but like, There's a whole plot line, Mikey. A whole plot line. Yeah. Ridiculous. It's so stupid. This is the first movie that I've seen where there are two women in their 40s having a threesome with one guy that didn't have MILF in the title, Mikey. <laughs> yes. And also, it is implied that it will happen a second time. Oh, yeah. At the end of the movie. That was, okay, that was what I was going to get to. Because, yeah, <laughs> yeah. so he tries to set up a threesome scenario at the end of the movie. That was my, are they still together? I was like, yes, all oh. three of them yeah. are in a sister-wise Polyamorous situation. Thruple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like the, they just like take him home with them and yeah. their living situation does not change 
Except he gets added into the mix. No, they just put a third bed in between their beds, and they have one, (laughs) like, California king bed. One giant bed. (laughs) This is so stupid. This is like being like, I wonder if Buddy the Elf got a full-size bed for his girlfriend at Zoe Deschanel at the end of the movie at the North Pole, because that has a romantic element in it. Yeah, that is also a romantic element. Oh, my God. It's a love story. (laughs) I guess I'm going to have to change what movie I'm picking for next week, because Mikey doesn't think Elf is a rom-com. Wait, are you? Are we already into Christmas? We have November to get through. Uh, we could do Christmas movies all year <laughs> long. Agreed. But no, I've already picked my movie for next week, and I'm very excited about it. So should we maybe get into the movie so we can talk about it? Yes. Sure. Let's do it. <laughs> Mikey is like, what? he's so over it right now. What? Maybe I didn't go on vacation. How about you guys thought about that? <laughs> you could have. I could have. I'm going next week. <laughs> Thanks for telling us. First scene. Let's start it up. Great. With that energy. Wonderful. Going right into it. Coming in hot. Give me to the plane scene so I can laugh again. That's like a bunch of scenes from now. So the movie opens and this is over the credits of a a young Asian boy on a paper route singing along to Barry Gibb and Barbara Streisand like every movie does. It was so mm-hmm. good. When he was like lip syncing along, I was loving it. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's one of the songs that I was like after watching this movie like four or five times I was like I need that on my iPod. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching it though and I was like there's no palm trees in this neighborhood. Like they're not in Del Mar. Like where are they? No. And we did because Mikey you had seen this before. We had both seen this before this is not our first time i really liked i watched it with someone i was dating and they hated it and made me turn it off halfway through what dump that person well i'm (laughs) glad you're no longer with that person mikey same for the record natalie laughed the entire way through this keeper (laughs) my dad said it was weird but laughed all the way through yeah it is weird he's right you have to be super into campy shit to love this movie and i'm super into campy shit i think i stopped laughing as much like three-fourths through. That's like, the, I think the ending, I was just like, oh, I hated the third act. I hated it. Oh, I loved it. Well, here's the thing. The third act absolutely falls apart until Trish comes back. And yeah. then you're like, just kidding. It's worth it. You could do no wrong. Just like Tremors, Reba McIntyre holds the <laughs> end of this movie down. I feel like every movie is better with Reba. Yeah, absolutely. The person who does my hair also has done Reba's hair before. I am shocked that you get your hair cut somewhere. Same. I go to a salon. I go to like a fancy salon. What? Why? I hate you. No, I just mean like <laughs> surface area wise. Oh, I mean, you get a glass of wine. You get, a, okay. you get a massage. You get like your head wrapped in a towel. It's like a very relaxing experience. Okay. Anyway, so back to the movie. <laughs> We're still in the credits. Yeah. And He's throwing papers. It seems like a normal paper paper route until he gets to one specific house. He kind of pauses. The music pauses. He throws what looks to be his last paper. And then he goes back to listening to the music and rides out kind of further into the country, past some horses and whatever. He gets out to this tree in the middle of a field. And there's a robotic owl up in the tree that scans him from oh. head to toe before the tree opens, allowing him into an elevator that just has one button that says lair. Yeah. When I saw this whole little scene right here, I was like, I'm going to love this movie. I'm so excited. Let's go. <laughs> because it is like the spy who shagged me level bonkers. Yes. When I yeah. when I saw this first scene, I was like, oh, this is what I'm in for. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is the yeah. level of crazy we're going to hit. <laughs> it did bother me that there wasn't another button that said surface. <laughs> 
She's like, yes. Mikey, I thought the same thing. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's on the other door. Yeah, they they must have a surface elevator and a layer elevator. And God, if you go to the surface elevator and try to go (laughs) down. They're not close together. (laughs) (laughs) He'd have to like walk Uh. back to get his bike. Oh, man. (laughs) Anyway, he gets down into the lair and gets changed, which is literally like fog machine, doors closed, doors open. And he's now in like a black suit with like a black turtleneck. It's very 1970s Bond villain. (laughs) It's great. It really is. Yeah. Yep. And he walks into the center of the lair where we also see a doctor or at least a man in a lab coat that we assume is a doctor and Jamie Dornan dressed as a spy. Like, this yeah. movie posits that Jamie Dornan is essentially the James Bond of this woman's organization. Well, yeah, but I mean, he's not, though. No, he's terrible. <laughs> he's just it's the great. man she's manipulating into helping her do shit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That she's given a gun and a suit. Well, yeah, it's America. It's easy to find both of those things. <laughs> <laughs> Men's warehouse is next to guns warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> Men's gun warehouse. You're going to like the way you boom. I guarantee. (laughs) (laughs) Barb and Star do like the way he booms. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I mean, neither of you got to have the experience of watching your parent hear the sentence. I think your dong went so deep it touched my heart. (laughs) But I did. And I will treasure it forever. (laughs) That was one of my favorite You ever done that, Mikey? You ever gone so deep you touched their heart? I told him, like, I don't think I got deep enough to touch your heart. I have to go through the other hole now. (laughs) That's touching their fart. Uh, (laughs) Like she says in this movie. (laughs) The other, other hole. Gotta go through the mouth. Yeah, it's closer. Is it? Yeah, your mouth is closer to your heart than your butt or vagina, Paige. <laughs> what Paige, are we what talking kind of person about right are you? <laughs> what is happening? Paige, you would be the worst person on inner space ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not planning on I'm not planning on being shrunk down magic school bus style to go inside somebody's body. So I think I'm good. Never say never. <laughs> no, I'm I'm gonna say never to that. I feel like that's instant death. Never. Anyway, so she enters and what i just have in my notes is that it's Kristen wig dressed as bjork because she looks like bjork this whole movie as this character yeah it absolutely is yeah yeah and she enters and asks if anyone would like a drink they say no (laughs) she says that she's going to have and i don't think we ever called them this as a kid Oh, you didn't? Suicide. I did. We absolutely did. No, I think we had a different name for them, and I can't remember what it was. But to call it a suicide where it's like one of everything, basically. And so a soda machine pops up, and she like details her recipe for the perfect one. Yeah, which is pretty much just like a little bit of everything in the soda fountain. That's like what a suicide was growing up for me. The only one she doesn't use is Diet Coke. Oh, I see that. I did not analyze this movie in depth as Paige did. Paige oh no, I just noticed it. This is like this is like the sixth watch for me in as many uh. months. Anyway, uh so she gets her drink and asks if it's ready. And this is where the doctor reveals that he has made her basically the this invention where it's got like a beacon and then they can release supercharged mosquitoes toward the beacon and it'll kill everything in sight. Yeah. And they're testing it on a cow. Allegedly. What we essentially learn is that these mosquitoes are so powerful that 
one sting can kill a large animal. Yeah. And so he thought he was building these mosquitoes for packs of rabies infested animals to be able to bring down like a whole herd. And <laughs> she's like, but what if we place the receiver in a small town? It would kill everyone in the town. And he's just like, yeah, but like, we wouldn't want to do that, would we? And they were just like, mm, you're dumb. <laughs> we absolutely exactly want to do that. <laughs> I did sort of love that the like, quote unquote, evil scientist was like just some nice guy trying to solve a problem and like. I think he said Africa yeah, or something. Yeah, solve like world hunger or whatever, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and they use it against him and then kill him. <laughs> well, I mean, like, he's an idiot because <laughs> poison mosquitoes is a very bad idea. Yeah, if you walk into a lab and it looks like an evil layer, like if you have to push a layer button on your elevator, you know you're <laughs> yeah. a baddie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, he parks in the parking garage. <laughs> They've got a robotic horse for that one. <laughs> yeah, no, he... <laughs> But I mean, like, that's just like a bad solution for any problem. You know, like, oh, we yeah. have a problem. We should poison a bunch of mosquitoes and send them out to the world. Like, no, nah, it doesn't sound like yeah. kill all mosquitoes. I'm very firm genocidal towards mosquitoes. OK, they serve a purpose. I don't know what it is, but no, they don't. They don't serve any purpose. They're releasing those <laughs> genetically engineered ones that can't mate to, like, destroy mosquitoes, which definitely won't have any consequences, I'm sure. Nah. Uh, in certain populations, yes, because they might be more prone to disease carrying, but apparently they do have like other benefits. Like they're a huge food source for a bunch of animals, apparently. Okay. So anyway, they kill that guy with the mosquitoes that he made. Yeah. And we cut to Soft Rock, Nebraska, where we meet Barb and Star. Thank God. Finally. <laughs> and this opening conversation that they're having on their talking couch is one of my favorite parts of the movie because it is unhinged yeah. <laughs> like, these, these are the words of a mad person yeah. like this is nuts. I do love that they literally in this movie like five or six times just have these scenes where they're talking and all they're doing all they're doing is yes anding each other like yes. over and oh that's where trish comes from like that's all yes. they're doing and i love it so much and this was the first time we see it obviously the first time we see them but yeah it's so great yeah and it's i mean this is the thing that so many people try to do when they do improv in movies that and they don't succeed and this movie succeeds in doing it multiple times yeah where it is quotable oh. it's funny it doesn't go on too long and mm -hmm. it tells you something about the characters yeah like you within this first three minutes you know exactly who barb and star are and you know their dynamic and you have learned kind of about the cheating and the divorce and the death and like you've learned so much about them in this one scene it is kind of admirable most movies cannot give you that much information that quickly without it feeling expositiony yeah and this movie manages to do it by telling us that Kristen Wiig's character star had a dream she made love to the man on the Pringles can. <laughs> <laughs> and I do love it. And they're like having these sexual thoughts about the Pringles guy or the Mr. Peanut. Because <laughs> he's got a top hat. Uh, oh, it's what's so flavor wild. of Pringles? Plain. I like everything plain. <laughs> <laughs> But Mr. Peanut doesn't have a dick. Uh, Mr. Pringle doesn't have a neck. <laughs> like, like What's let wrong with alone that page? dick. Like, we can't even get, he's not even, he doesn't have a body. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, from what I hear about Mr. Pringles, once you pop, ladies, you can't, you can't stop. stop. <laughs> his sex appeal is undeniable, but his corporeality is questionable. <laughs> right. Yeah. Pringles man is not great sexually, I, I would assume. I mean, unless you're just taking mustache rides. 
<laughs> Is there a Mrs. Pringles? <laughs> no, he can't be tied down. <laughs> uh, my favorite is when, when Kristen Wiig just says, it's really crazy to think that all the raccoons in the world are sleeping right now. And then Annie Mumolo or Barb is just like, what? And then Kristen Wiig star just goes, I don't know anything more than what I just said. And some of what I just said might not be true. <laughs> like that's the level of weird that we're dealing with. Yeah, it's so crazy. Yeah, it's so crazy. But they're talking on this couch and someone approaches them and says, do you work here? And up until that moment, you fully thought they were at home oh, <laughs> just yeah. on their own couch talking about how they want to rail the Pringles man. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Mr. Peanut. Don't forget the peanut. And Mr. Peanut. Yeah, we see him later. What food icon would you sleep with? Tony the Tiger. Why is this even a question? <laughs> That was so fast. He's great. <laughs> Actually, no, no, no. Brawny paper towel man. Oh, that Ooh, honestly. Yeah, there you go. I was That's gonna say that type. for you or Mr. Clean for you. Mm, Don Limpio is a strong choice. I think I'm more of a brawny man. Or Jolly Green Giant, maybe. What's that cereal icon who's like Frankenstein? Booberry. Booberry's got some good shoulders. But he's only seasonal. I need a man who can stay. <laughs> like the brawny man. The brawny man is going to chop down trees and build us a cabin and take care of us and our brawny offspring. Mikey, who would you choose? <laughs> I think it's harder. I don't think there's as many female food icons. Uh, Mrs. Butterworth, the Pine Saw Lady, the Lando Lakes Butter Girl. Is there anyone who's not oppressed that I could choose? No, and that's why food <laughs> representation is kind of a problem. Uh, the Wendy's girl, Wendy. She's a little young. She's a little what? young. Yeah. I don't know. Wendy's like 60 right now. Because she's no, a real person. She's a redhead, Todd. That's like your type. There you go, no, Todd. No, you can pick no. Wendy. A, a fucking eight-year-old girl is not my type for the record. Is Grimace a girl? It's Grimace. <laughs> it is fucking Grimace. And in the Wicker Man episode, you said Grimace, and I thought you were being funny because we were talking about Clan McMuffin. But it is Grimace. I think for me, it's the sun-made raisin girl. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Okay. She's age-appropriate. We think. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got it. Chiquita banana. Oh, Mikey. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Just don't think about the horrible, horrible things the U.S. government has done to get those bananas. Other than that, yeah, uh -huh, uh -huh. great. Besides the Wendy's girl, is there anyone else that hasn't been completely... What if I hate fucked Quaker Oats? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to stop you. Anyway. Oh, don't Google Rule 34 Land of Lakes mascot. <laughs> Just don't do it. This is my work laptop. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm still trying to think. The nerd from Domino's. The Noid? The Noid. <laughs> the Noid Grimace. <laughs> the moon. Do, do you just hear different sounds than us? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I have an ear infection. <laughs> and, and, and it just impacts like proper nouns. Com That's it. Yeah. So they stand up and we reveal that they've been sitting on this couch in a furniture store and that they, in fact, work at the furniture store. They are employees. Yeah. They are employees. Yeah. And they're just like sitting there drinking coffee on a display sofa. And they don't want to sell the display sofa. And so they have a minute where they just like, excuse us for a minute. And they turn around and they're like, 
we can't sell our talking couch. This is where I found out you were addicted to caramel squares. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> more craziness. But this is where we get the information of like, this couch has really been important to their friendship. This is where Barb told Star that Star's husband was having an affair. Yeah. Because... Even though it was a hard conversation, their friends and friends would always be honest with each other. And so they turn around and basically are like, we can't sell this couch. It's our talking couch. You understand. And the customers are like, so you don't want to sell us a couch because it's the one that you like to sit on at work. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you get it. And they just kind of walk away. And as they do, Barb and Star's boss approaches and calls them into the office. And at first you fully think that he's about to be like, why didn't you sell that couch? Oh, you think he's going to fire them? Which, yeah, but it's a different conversation. Well, yeah. I think he does fire them. I think there is no evidence <laughs> to indicate that that store actually closes. Jennifer Convertibles did close. It was an actual chain. Oh, I it, it really... That's a yeah. bonkers name for a furniture store. Yeah, it is a bonkers name for a furniture store. What's it called? Jennifer's Furniture? Jennifer, Jennifer Convertibles. Convertibles. Is she cute? <laughs> She's got to be better than Annoyed. So yeah, Jennifer Convertibles closed. Oh, they changed the name to Jennifer's Furniture. Uh, for the few that remain, Living Spaces bought out the rest of the stores, but they filed for Chapter 11 a couple years back. I can't believe that Jennifer Convertibles was a furniture store. Like, I, it's such yeah. a bonkers name i thought they made it up for this movie well <laughs> if yeah, memory really. serves they started out with convertible furniture like sleeper beds okay i didn't realize that there was such a thing as convertible furniture but that makes yeah, complete sense to me like a sleeper couch yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. sounds very 80s it does i yeah i to be honest i think that's when <laughs> when it started and i think that's when barb and star started working there uh but anyway <laughs> actually i looked it up jennifer convertibles was founded in 1975 80s would have been a heyday. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. But their boss tells them, hey, we're closing the store. And at first they're like, for renovations, are we going to get the jukebox? And he's like, no. <laughs> I love how so many times someone in the scene with them has to be like, all right, stop talking now. Please stop. <laughs> yes, please stop talking. No, they're not getting a jukebox. They are closing for good because Jennifer Convertibles, the company closed seven months ago and no one told them. <laughs> uh, but they are getting severance, which by the way, if you're wondering if I calculated what their likely severance payment would have been versus how much their vacation would have cost, stay tuned for fun facts. Oh, nice. Uh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Fully it did. did seem like an expensive vacation. It is. In my mind, they lived together they saved all their money and she was getting alimony and he had the life insurance right or she had the life insurance too so like they had other monetary yeah. sources that were coming at them yeah i'm i assumed based on the information we have in this movie that they live in barb's house i think and barb owns her house yeah. So that's kind of where my brain was at is that Barb got the house after her husband's death. She probably has life insurance. She probably owns it outright. They probably have some sort of savings. And then after Star's divorce, Star moved in. And so they probably don't have a rental payment. They're working to keep busy, clearly, because on the days when they're not, as we find out in this scene, on the days when they're not scheduled, they both go in no matter what. <laughs> like yeah. that, that store is their hangout, essentially. Yeah. And so 
I strongly suspected that that's how it worked. That they Same. weren't actually working there for livelihood. They're working there to keep busy. Yeah. Like, at the end of this movie, I fully believe they moved to Del Mar. They, they might, or I think they move Edgar in with them, maybe. Yeah, I mean, either Who way. Who knows? No, I, I didn't feel like money was uh, important, really, because of their situations. Right. They, they do kind of get <laughs> freaked out when he says they're closing the store. And they're like, where do we have Thanksgiving? And he's like, you break in here and host Thanksgiving? And they're like, no, but it's clearly a yes. <laughs> they totally do, yeah. Yeah, they leave the store, and as they're walking, they're like, I'm kind of grieving. We, What am I going to do? Well, we'll find other jobs. Well, no, I don't have a high school diploma. I thought you did. No, I thought you did. And we realize that neither of them have graduated from high school because they're kind of the right age where they probably got married super young, yeah. and so it just wasn't necessary. Like, Whatever reason, they neither has their high school diploma. <laughs> but you can always, they can always get their GED. They can. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's the next movie is Barb and Star get oh, their God. GED. Barb and Star go to a college that rhymes with their names is what it needs to be. Yeah. Okay. This girl I went on a date with, she sent me a picture of like this like, really realistic fake thing. She's hosting a Halloween party tonight that I'm not invited to. And uh, <laughs> you're not bitter about that at all. <laughs> she, she's she has like a finger that looks really we real, like a disintegrated finger. She's like, oh, my friend gave it to me this morning. Look how real it looks. I'm so obsessed. I need to find a good spot for it. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I sent I sent an emoji. Was the emoji you sent just the red blushing one? Because that would have been the one I sent where I've been like, I just sent the peach emoji. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was worried about. <laughs> I was going to be like, Mikey, just because it's correct doesn't mean you send it. <laughs> Peach, wink, gush, gush, eggplant, mm -hmm. shoulders up. Water droplet, water droplet, water droplet. <laughs> Moon, dancing cats. <laughs> yes. Yes, girl. We can. We're like sexting right now. <laughs> anyway, so... Oh, you're going to use your shoulders to make that pussy dance. I get it. Okay. I, I finally broke it down. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was a little behind on where we were, but yeah, yeah. God, sorry. Todd, you're terrible How do you this. think men entrance me? They dance their shoulders. I'm hypnotized. And that's how I ended up married. Anyway, so they're walking through the park. They run into the friend Mickey, who has just gotten back from vacation. Yes. And she's basically like, I was in the sun. I went to this Vista Del Mar. I got a soul douche. It's exactly for people <laughs> like us, middle-aged, who like to strut past the pool in a tube top and full jewelry. And I was like, that is the most descriptive yeah. of who these people are. It's so great. And my, one of my favorite things about Barb and Star's like, costuming through the whole movie is every single outfit has full different jewelry every time. Oh my God. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, it is bonkers. Like this whole, yeah. it, it's so crazy and I love it. What I think is really funny is like they are playing air quotes middle-aged women, but it's middle-aged women from like 15 years ago like yeah. these are the middle-aged women middle-aged women yes these are the middle-aged women who were the church ladies when i was growing up yes like, middle-aged women now are like drinking a lot and sleeping with younger dudes as mikey is finding out <laughs> like that that tracks for the rest of this film yeah um, so because they're like 45 and jamie's like 35 right I think they're closer to 50, oh, maybe really? a little okay. over 50. I think they're 50 something, and then like he's like 35. Oh, Kristen Wiig is 48 this year. Okay. 
Yeah, they wrote this movie kind of as a joke for themselves because they're both kind of in that range. Jamie Dornan, 82. So he's... He's 39. Yeah. Which I think was... This sounds terrible. I think that was a good choice because he's not so young it's creepy. Like he's he's striking distance, I think, in this movie. Oh, absolutely. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Just to reveal a little bit about the bonus episode we're going to record after this. When I typed in <laughs> Jamie Dornan into Google, it auto-corrected to Jamie Dornan muscles. <laughs> Love it. I know Todd's going to get some weird targeted ads. <laughs> yeah, I am. You think that's weird? I, I have gotten some weird targeted ads after what I searched, and I'm not going <laughs> to reveal it because it's going to be a surprise. You'll have to listen to the bonus episodes on the Horror Virgin Patreon. I don't know why I'm talking about it here, but... Anyway, but yeah, so I think... Because you hate him so much in Fifty Shades. Yeah, he's terrible in Fifty Shades. But the whole, the whole movie's terrible. Like, that's the point of it, I think. Mm-hmm. But in this one, you kind of, like, the whole time when he's just like, we could be an official couple. And you're just like, you're so sad. I know. He is so sad. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, we cut from the park. Their friend is like, I'll drop the brochure off later. Oh, she also says that uh, the men there are gorgeous. Tommy Bahama from head to toe. <laughs> which is like... Such a specific descriptor as well. My dad had a Tommy Bahama phase. Anyone else's? I don't think so. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I have one of their hats, a beach hat. I've never been to the Margaritaville bar here in Nashville, but I'm sure you'll see some there. I sadly have been to that bar. <laughs> <laughs> I have been to Cheeseburger in Paradise, which they have the song about in this movie, but that's in Hawaii. And for a while, my dad had like business trips to Hawaii on a pretty regular basis. So for a while... My dad was in Hawaii like multiple times a year. And so he had like a real strong Tommy Bahama face. Uh, I don't know if it's still ongoing or not. I haven't seen him in Tommy Bahama recently, but yeah, that was the thing for a bit. They're very comfortable and well-made. I I will say the Tommy Bahama scene later on is like my favorite scene in the movie. It is the best scene in the movie, yes. The only way it could have been better is if he had been attacked by an alligator at the very end of it as he (laughs) continues his swamp walk. Or if he had smacked the alligator on the forehead yes. with the like, ahoya, just like backed <laughs> it up. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, the only thing I would have changed is I would have had Barb end up with Tommy Bahama. Oh, yeah, that would have been great. But she's got to be available for the, uh, you know, <laughs> for the, the, the power thruple. Because the thing that I complain about, uh, like, and I complained about it in The Holiday and, and a couple other things where you have two people who are potential love interests and the one that is more conventionally attractive is the one that's allowed to like have sex and experience love on screen. And I think they do better for Barb in this movie because she does get to participate in the threesome and any number of things. But I feel and I feel like her storyline becomes more about learning about herself. But I feel like that's kind of the same thing with Kate Winslet in The Holiday where I'm just like, yeah, throw her a bone. Give her Tommy Bahama. Yeah, but I would throw Kate Winslet a bone. I'm sure you would. (laughs) That's somebody I forgot to put in the game later. (laughs) She got them teeths. Yeah, I can't wait for the game. I'm so sorry. Mikey, I have two games for Mikey, and both of them are toothpaste. (laughs) I named them. Uh, The first one is Famous or Infamous, and the next one is Hillary or Hillary. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Hillary Duff and Hillary Clinton. Yeah. (laughs) Good, good. We're talking about looks and power. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're just deciding whose teeth are whose. It was just me looking at Hillary Duff's teeth for way too long and being like, 
you know, she does kind of look like Hillary Clinton's teeth. And then finding pictures of Hillary Clinton from the 90s and then just mixing them up. You should throw Monica in there just once. (sighs) Todd, way to ruin it. Or you would have ruined it if I hadn't put another joke answer in there that you will not be able to figure out. Go ahead. Anyway. We cut to the talking club at Barb and Star's house. Holy shit. I loved the talking club. Guess who I have a crush on? Vanessa Bayer. But guess why? Because of the teeth? teeth. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, We know why. We created a game solely around why. She looks like an alien from like... From Planet Tooth? Damn, Mikey. (laughs) She is a very funny, smart, accomplished lady. And I feel bad talking about her teeth like this (laughs) i i I think she's a very funny accomplished lady who's very pretty and has like the teeth of a sandworm from dune and i am here (laughs) no those sandworms all look like anuses i like i feel for the people who saw it in imax because like holy hell i'm gonna go see it again in imax i watched it on hbo and i'm Uh i talked natalie to let me take her to imax to go see it i'm very excited we saw it in dolby which was a lot yeah our ears were hurting because every so. few minutes in dune there's just somebody going hi, hi, hi as part of the score yeah. and it's a lot to hear over and over again but also oscar <laughs> isaac gets naked so yeah he does mm. guys check out dune it's great i love it so what are, wait what are we talking about oh talking club yeah 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 yeah, yeah. sorry yeah so i i love vanessa bear's like hard and fast 6 30 rule <laughs> yeah. She like shuts Gail out. She locks the door. We never meet Gail. Oh, but she has the funniest things ever. I love how she stays and has one line of dialogue through the door. Yeah, she has a couple lines of dialogue. But so as we're getting into Talking Club, we also pan around Barb and Star's house where you get to see that they have made collages where they've put their heads on Chico's catalog. Yeah. This is great. Uh, and they eat hot dog soup, which looks bad, but not like. No, I mean, it doesn't look great. It, just, it looks like beef stroganoff with hot dogs. Yeah, it doesn't look good. It looks like lentil soup with hot dogs. It looks like goulash to me. It looked terrible. And I like hot dogs. I love hot dogs. And my grandma used to make something called weenie stew because she was super poor and hot dogs are cheap. Yeah, I grew up on shit like that. Yeah, we make it all the time. It's like comfort food, but it's essentially like a tomato based kind of soup with hot dogs. And I'm like... Okay, but that's secretly amazing. (laughs) So, like, what if this tastes great and just looks terrible? I don't know that that's the case. There's not evidence for that. But this is where they lock Gail out. And Gail's like, hi, guys, can you let me in? And Vanessa Bayer just says, you're late, Gail. Bye-bye. But Gail stays and her shadow stays through the entire rest of the scene. And as they're leaving the house, they're like, sorry, guys. See you next time. (laughs) Like, Gail, like, continues to be part of the scene. I love it so much. I think it's hilarious. Yeah, it's one of my favorite parts of this scene. Oh, man. Well, and we we get a very quick sense of the dynamics of this group where Vanessa Bayer, like, rules it with an iron fist. Oh, yeah. Immediately. As Phyllis from The Office is like, I want to talk about horses, specifically (laughs) my horse and the great time we have. And 
I did not notice this until a couple watches in. Tell me you're going to mention the saddle. Yes. yes. But if you watch when they leave, yes. she brought a saddle. Oh, I saw I it. I think she rode the horse there, Paige. I think she did. I think you're right, to be honest. When she out of nowhere does the horsey cheers, <laughs> I lost my mind. I thought that was the funniest thing I've ever seen Phyllis do. It's hysterical. And the only thing funnier than that for me is the very next section. Because we find out that the topic is jobs. Yeah. And Fortune Feimster. I love Fortune Feimster. She's so <laughs> Fortune's funny. so fucking funny. She's so funny. good. And she's stellar so in this, even though she doesn't have a big part. No, but she's perfect. I, I have a picture, because it's almost Halloween, I have a picture from like almost 10 years ago when I first moved to L.A., of Fortune and I on Halloween. We just ran into each other in WeHo and she is in a full Hooters uniform. Oh and I'm God. dressed as Christina Hendricks from Mad Men. Just like <laughs> drunken selfie from above that I would have to dig to find somewhere. I um, love it. But so she is dressed like every school secretary or mom that I grew up with. <laughs> yeah. Like turtleneck, sweater. And she <laughs> just says, well, I would love to talk about my job at the Christmas store. You wouldn't think we're busy. But we're busy year round. <laughs> and that's basically her only line. But you're just like, you look exactly like the woman who works at the Christmas store. <laughs> like, yeah. like so much. That's my backup career plan. Is Christmas store? I would love to work at a Christmas store. Well, we can open one together. I mean, I don't know that I want to go back to retail. But for that, yes, absolutely. Get the loans. Mikey, you have to be the Santa and I'll be an elf. I will walk around on my knees with little shoes. If you're going to work for me, you're definitely going to be on your knees. <laughs> I don't know. Take it back. I'm leaving. I'm, I'm done with this. I don't think I want to be part of this venture anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you're a silent partner. <laughs> <laughs> I've got jingle balls to tend to at home. <laughs> We're equal partners, Paige. I wouldn't do that to you. Oh, okay. Wait, what does that mean? I don't know. I don't believe it either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust. I stuff the stockings all year. I feel like our business is going to end up on the naughty list and we can't have that. That is death for a Christmas store. It's a real store. naughty list. I just want to see some sort of scandalous story come out of a Christmas store. Just watch the news like segment on it where they're just playing in the background like <laughs> We find out that Mikey dressed as Santa has like one of those Matt Lauer door close lock things. <laughs> Ooh, we somehow managed to get an IPO and go public as a Christmas store and people are like, I wouldn't touch these stocks with a 39 and a half foot pole. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for it to be Christmas. She came on to me. She left milk and cookies for me every <laughs> night. Milk and cookies is what he calls his dick. I think you just misread the signs, Mikey. <laughs> anyway, so we find out that Vanessa Bayer works at the pharmacy and accessorizes with fun character socks and this is where fortune feimster says i wish you'd dress me and she just goes i don't have I don't time, have time. <laughs> <laughs> i don't have time <laughs> i love how quickly they set up the dynamic here yes where vanessa bear's character like hates everybody clearly she just loves ruling over them yes she is a dictator yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> so much. she is an authoritarian talk 
club dictator? I've never heard of a talk club. It was insane. <laughs> I have some notes about it and fun facts, but one of the things that they, they were trying to figure out like what kind of club would Barb and Star be part of? And they wanted to make it so boring that it's like not worth coming back to your regular life for, if yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> and so they were like, book club. And we're like, no, it has to be like, What's the worst part of all of those clubs is just being forced to talk about one topic and not being able yeah. to talk about other stuff. And that's where Talking Club comes from. And it gets around to Barb and Star. They have to talk about their jobs, but they got fired. And so they're upset and they don't want to talk about it. So they make up a crazy story where they had a delivery and got promoted and all that shit. <laughs> and yeah. the tall guy and the short guy. Who's not quite as tall as the tall guy. Who's not quite as tall as the tall guy. I did like that they admitted, admitted they lied immediately. Yes. Immediately. Yeah. I'm so sorry. We lied. Oh, and there are only three rules to talk club, Mikey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We we talk about the topic from the jar. No swearing except for the F word. Yeah. <laughs> which I love. And no lying. I did love that one of the rules is not don't be late. <laughs> because no. clearly that's a rule. So <laughs> they all decide to leave. They're going to leave Barb and Star. Barb and Star are now banished from talking club, which is... Sad, but not that sad. It's sad that we don't get to see the <laughs> more of the Talking Club. We see like a couple cuts to them here or there. There is an additional plot line with Talking Club that gets cut. Uh, that I'll talk about in fun. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, awesome. It was one of those things where they're like, we didn't think it would fit with the movie. And I was like, it's too bad because it makes me laugh a lot. <laughs> anyway, so they leave. Phyllis takes her saddle. God, it's so funny. And Barb and Star are now alone. And... Barb is like, I'm sorry, I blurted it out. Uh, but they're getting ready for bed. And Barb is reading Kulots, 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 which yes. seems to just be a magazine about Kulots. She's reading it a bunch, actually. There's quite a few like issues of Kulots, Kulots, Kulots magazine. Because she's reading it later in the hotel. Oh, God, I didn't <laughs> notice that. Yeah. Yep. It's wonderful. Uh, but this is where Star kind of introduces this idea of like, what if the store closing was a sign? Uh, you know how sometimes you see me just staring at the carpet? Sometimes I daydream. Um, and she has <laughs> kind of thought about getting away and doing something different. And she kind of initially proposes like, what if we do something new and different? And Barb is like, what if we get those socks with individual toes? Let's do it. And like, that's her threshold for different. Yeah. And Star is like, no, let's go to Vista Del Mar. Like, let's do something big. Yeah. Yeah. And Barb is not on board at first. And Star tries to sell it with the banana boat with water and air just going all around and up inside of us. <laughs> It's like, <laughs> why is that a selling point? But Barb is very afraid, it seems, of like riptides and rip currents. Like she's afraid of being sucked out into the ocean and being killed. Yeah. What if we get sucked out into the ocean? What if they put us in jail because they think we put drugs in our butts? What if we get traveler's <laughs> diarrhea? And Star is kind of like, hey, I know things changed after your husband died and the world could be a scary place, but we used to have fun. And then they kind of reminisce about a couple things that have happened to them since they've been just kind of oh, on their own yeah. together. And the first one is, do you remember that haunted hayride where that guy came after us with a chainsaw and then it turned out he wasn't an actor? He was a real killer. He was, he was trying, trying to, to kill, kill us. us. <laughs> and then we find out that they accidentally lit their hair on fire with sparklers. Well, yeah, Barb lit Star's hair on fire and then Star's hair lit Barb's hair on fire. It's so wild. Oh. We 
cut each other's hair on fire. <laughs> and they determine that they have, quote, lost their shimmer. Yeah. And so they decide to go to Vista Del Mar and commence a packing montage that is one of my favorite parts of this movie. This packing montage is bonkers. It's so terrible. Well, because <laughs> it starts out it starts out with like, I'm going to pack my culottes. I bought a kaboom. I'm going to pack my even culottes, my fringy shorts. And at first yeah. you're like, okay, clothes. And then she packs a cookie jar that looks like a dolphin yeah. for all those Florida cookies we're going to get. And then freeze-dried pizza that's like mushroom. Oh, I meant to get cheese. <laughs> and then one of them packs a Duraflame log, which we we see later. I'll bring it up because it's just a like flash and you miss it. And then one of them, I think it's Star, Traveler's Checks for My Wedding. <laughs> It's yeah. one of them. One of them packs like a big piece of art. It's like a cuckoo clock yeah. that says doghouse. They clearly <laughs> went to a Goodwill and we're like, what's the craziest shit we yeah. can find? <laughs> and they pack all of this stuff. It's nuts what they pack. And most of it would not get through security. <laughs> it's, it's so crazy. But we cut from there back to the lair where Jamie Dornan is polishing a gun and talking to Bjork. And he's like, what's on your mind? And she's like, well, I'm just nervous about the plan and today I got so nervous I trained mice from the lab to calm me down and she basically tells him he needs to get there early and she's going to give him a microchip and it's very fragile and then she throws it across the table I love that she's like it's very fragile clatter 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 it reminds me of in Terminator when he's like very carefully put the pipe bomb into the duffel bag like careful yes. careful careful yeah. and then after they have sex she like tosses it at him and he's just like ha 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 let's go fully explosive <laughs> anyway she also gives him a piece of the antidote right and he's like I won't let you down and she says it's finally time and we hear the strings of the score right and then she turns to a, a like symphony of mice she has trained. Yes. And she's just like, well, the strings are still off, but the rest of you can have cheese. <laughs> I don't know if you saw it, but like it lingers on the mice and the timpani yes. player goes, like he yeah, like yeah, throws his hands the, up the, in the air. The, it's so the horn cute. section celebrates. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cute. I loved it. But this is also where we establish that once the mission is done, she agrees that she will be an official couple with Jamie Dornan's right. character. Yeah. So we cut to the plane. Barb and Star have somehow made it onto an airplane <laughs> with their suitcases full of like madness. <laughs> and the plane is already airborne. And Star turns across the aisle and just says, ma'am, I apologize for screaming at the top of my lungs because these women have probably not been on a plane, at least not for a very long time. Uh, some people, they don't like flying. Sometimes they still scream. What's wrong, what's wrong yeah, with that? Yeah, that's true. Are you afraid to fly, Mikey? I hate it. Really? really? Wow, okay. Because, I mean, we've talked about going to L.A. to see, like, hang oh, out with Paige I know. and stuff. I am a nervous wreck the whole time. Okay. I think it's because I hate heights, and I don't like not being in control. Oh, I have both of those fears, yeah. You also, you don't fly often, correct? I mean, nobody right. has for the last two years. I was on a flight yesterday. Yeah, Oh, my you... God. On your private plane? Get the fuck out of here. No, it was Southwest. <laughs> yeah. I was in the A boarding group, so it felt like a private plane at first. I'm always in the A boarding group. What up, Rapid Rewards? What? Uh, so Not me. I'm just in the back of the plane, just like holding on. The back's the worst part. That's where you feel it the most. You got to sit over the wings, fool. Yeah. You'll be fine, Mikey. You can hold my hand and scream at the top of your lungs all you want. I once got free drinks and an old lady held my hand because I was so freaked out. 
during this like tropical storm. How long was the flight? Where were you going to? This was at a bar, Mikey. <laughs> just on the ground. <laughs> Houston to Nashville and the Southwest flight. It was like, here you go, honey. Here's another one. It's on us. Wait, Houston to Nashville. That's like two hours. But it was in a tropical storm. So there's like wind shear. So the plane was like tilted the whole time and it felt like we were turning. I hated it. I mean, that probably would be scary. I'm not discounting that. That would probably terrify me too. But man up. Everyone was very nice to me on the plane. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, that just means to me that no one else was as scared as you. They weren't. So they maybe, weren't, maybe this was a you overreacting problem. She's like, would you like me to hold your hand? And I was like, absolutely, lady. You held a random stranger's hand? Yes. This is pre-COVID. Yeah, and then the other nice flight attendant kept giving me free drinks. And I was like, thank you guys so much. <laughs> anyway, back to this movie. Yeah, let's move on. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Kristen Wiig was screaming, and they see that there's a free magazine, and I got to read this interview with Don Cheadle. Cheadle, I love the way they said his name. <laughs> oh, God, it's so funny. Uh, but this is where we get the yes and conversation about Trish, because there's no famous actress named Trish, but Trish is my favorite name. It's my favorite name, too. And they just, like, spin out from there about all of Trish's attributes. Like she's got one ear pierced once, one twice. She always leaves a full bowl of big candy bars out at Halloween because she trusts yeah. and like <laughs> loves the holidays. But this goes on forever. Like the, they, the whole flight. Yeah, it goes on the whole flight. We see them coming down the escalator when they're talking about Trish's untimely death. Which, by the way, because I mapped out flights for them because they're flying from Nebraska to, to essentially the keys <laughs> yeah, well, the, the keys are all the way south they're past miami like they're all the way south they are on the gulf side they're like they're closer to orlando than the keys that's what i mapped out was there to orlando okay. and there was no direct flights so it was like a 10 hour travel oh, day okay. for them to get there this is the bubba gump shrimp like forest gump <laughs> conversation <laughs> yeah but about trish yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this conversation about Trish goes on for half a day, like a full the, and, 12 hours. And what they cut out was literally the plot to Tremors. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or the plot of the abyss. Oh, she's not in the abyss, though. No, but she's a water spirit. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. She went to the movie abyss. <laughs> yeah. And that's where she got the idea to become a water spirit. <laughs> Even though that movie is fully about aliens. So it's about interrestrials. They're not aliens. They are from Earth. That's true. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> they, they do end up on the escalator coming out of the airport where they have yes-anded Trish into giving her life for, like, because her, like, she has a broken heart or so, some complicated story about how Trish decides to take her own life, but it is super sad and meaningful, like Armageddon. And um, that's where they end up like hugging and sobbing and crying about a person that does not exist as, at right. least as far as they know yeah no they completely yes ended and made up this whole story and now they're crying about it right yeah meanwhile jamie dornan arrives at the same airport so do barb and star and he calls to confirm that he's there and leaves for the hotel they arrive say that it smells like red lobster and then hop on their hotel shuttle which drops them off at the palm vista hotel where we get the intro song to the palm vista hotel oh, i love this oh i hated this I, I just hate musical numbers i know i know my favorite part of this is actually after the musical and then that guy runs up and goes that one guy we shows up late for a beating bed. <laughs> and the guy's like yeah. you're always late we're done yeah <laughs> my favorite is that. so everyone in the hotel is singing then it cuts to jay 
Jamie Dornan and he has like a everywhere I look I see official couples (laughs) and he's like so I'm gonna kill everyone in this town and then just like maracas by his face and then it cuts away (laughs) maybe that's why I'm in a bad mood (laughs) maybe I wanted to be in an official couple I mean then you should maybe consider killing an entire town of people with mosquitoes I have (laughs) Not with mosquitoes, but is this a cry for help right now? Paige, we need to talk about Mikey. Sorry. Yeah, when the cops come to my house, I'm just going to say, he seems so nice. I don't know how this could have ever happened, but you're going to be on the ground. Your boot's on the ground. I have to be, yeah. Yep, because that's where your grubby feet belong. (laughs) In boots, you freak. (laughs) On the ground. Rude. Yeah. We're going to think like, it's going to be like die hard, but like you can walk on ceilings because your feet just like in play, like get into everything because they like attach. I went for a lot of barefoot walks on the beach this past week and really enjoyed Did people them. scream in horror? No, <laughs> nobody did. Oh, yeah, I did see that that they thought there's like a cryptoid sighting at the beach from the weird <laughs> footprints they found. I did walk past a crab and it ran away from my feet. <laughs> so I think I scared a crab. Well, it's just because it wasn't ready to teach you how to cook. Yeah, or give you relationship <laughs> advice. Oh my God, this is the second movie back to back that has a sentience crab. That's right. Anyway, so uh, at the end of the song, we find out that they're not at the Palm Vista Hotel. They're at the Palm Vista Motel. Common mistake. And so they go across to the motel where as they're checking in, they're like, you don't even need towels or pillows or sheets, right? And you're just like, oh no. I love how it cuts from that scene with the, the check-in guy that is like fully terrible to the pool. There's no water in the pool. In fact, there's a guy <laughs> sitting at a card table in the middle yeah. of the pool playing solitaire. Like in the deep end. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> or where the deep end would be. Well, if you're going to get in the pool to play solitaire, you're going to go all the way. I mean, absolutely, yeah. So we cut to, they decide that they're going to go over to the nice pool at the hotel and just try and sneak into the pool. Yeah. So we get kind of a fun montage of them having fun at the pool. And in the water, Barb notices two guys off the side of the pool. Now, did you get a good look at these guys when she gestured at them? I didn't, but I did see the guy in the yellow Speedos that we see multiple times. We see him multiple times. And I was so happy that he never changed. He was always wearing those (laughs) yellow Speedos. Yes. But what about those two guys, Paige? One of them looks like Robotnik. I don't know what Robotnik is. From you don't know Sonic what Robotnik is? Oh. oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. He's got like Eggman. big old sunglasses and then he's got like a giant ginger curled mustache. <laughs> and the other one doesn't stand out as much, but looks just as crazy. <laughs> Where you're just like, what is Barb pointing at? <laughs> like, it's a lot of look. Um, but this is where Star talks about, you know, because her husband left, because clearly men think I'm disgusting and I'm okay with it. Oh, my I'm God. I'm okay with it. I laughed so hard during this time just because, oh, wait, this is not the time she explains why her husband had the affair. No, this is in the pool where she's like, men think I'm disgusting and I'm okay with it. And she's like, don't even. You could model for Chico's yeah, or for Costco. Kirkland. <laughs> Kirkland brand. And she's like, oh, my God, Kirkland? That's the neatest thing anyone's ever said. And then Barb says, you should take a lover on this trip. (laughs) Which is exactly what happens, Mikey. It's romance. She gets her groove back. No. Barb and Star find their shimmer on this trip. And all it took was a drug-fueled threesome. (laughs) He's still a terrorist. 
That doesn't mean there's not love there. Yeah. Have you never seen love after a lockup, Mikey? Not Guantanamo Bay edition. <laughs> well, to be fair. That's my favorite season. <laughs> Yikes. Anyway, uh, they, they're going to order from the poolside restaurant. And they're debating between frog legs, but they settle on veal stuffed manatee and fried bald eagle babies. <laughs> I love the reason why they didn't get frog legs was the, I just picture Kermit riding a bike and I know he needs those legs. He needs those legs. <laughs> and I love that we see like a quick snapshot of that at the end when they're like going through the their end, life. Yeah. Oh God, it was so funny. But the guy, the, the owner of the hotel or the concierge, whatever he is, he's always around. So... There's been a cancellation and they have a room available, but it's not technically a cancellation. The family is missing. And then he goes into this like, it's always the father. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but regardless, they take the room. Of course and they, they do. They dance around the room. They unpack the Duraflame. So this is the like one place where the Duraflame like pays off as they're unpacking and Kristen Wiig is holding it as they're planning the rest of their nights. But do they ever use it? Like it's Florida. You wouldn't really want a fireplace in Florida. No, they never use it, but yeah. she does pack it and unpack it. So wild. Uh, but they decide that they're going to wear their evening culottes. <laughs> Which I had to Google culottes. Like. So did I, Mikey. I didn't realize they were a thing. There's a definition at the beginning of the movie. I wasn't enough. It was not no. enough for me. <laughs> it's a real thing. I No, I've learned all about culottes during this movie. Like, I get it. <sighs> Are they that popular amongst that generation? Yes, because they're very comfortable. Okay. For a time, they were popular for my generation as well. Very, very briefly. But when they were popular for like my generation, it was like leggings fabric. It was kind of like right before leggings got super popular. Mm. And they were these kind of like flowy pants with like you would fold the top and they would sit kind of like on your hips and be flowy. I haven't had anything sit on my hips and be flowy in weeks. She got <laughs> You should probably get that checked out. Dude, when I was single, it was way longer than weeks. <laughs> yeah, dude. I was single for conservatively, like, the better part of a decade. Like, when I got back from San Diego, like, I didn't even start dating for, like, seven months. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to give myself some time to figure some shit out. I'm figuring some shit out. Oh, I know you are, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, I'm super proud of you, honestly. Oh, my God. <laughs> that, sh that shit is depression. <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding i'm in like a really good place no you are absolutely i just hate i hate dating i very much think you're like ready for it right and i right. I, I agree like that's why i waited seven months to start dating because i wanted to be like at a place where i wasn't like mad all the time about what had happened yeah. and stuff like no, that no i'm and not like that i'm no, just no, like no, i know that's what i'm saying yeah dating i just but uh, yeah i was gonna say dating is the worst mikey it's terrible mm. yeah and that's why when the crab in this movie says love is rare i was like that, that crab, crab is, is right, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah i get it all crabs in movies we watch have been right <laughs> honestly yeah. i feel like i missed out by never getting crabs i mean the seaweed <laughs> is always greener in somebody else's life <laughs> can you name one movie where a sentient crab is not super wise I can't. What about Sebastian and Little Mermaid? No, he is super wise. She literally just quoted Sebastian. But if he was super wise, he would tell her to just go home. He does. He was trying to get him to kiss the girl, Mikey. 
Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. But he also tries to get her to just go home for a okay, lot of good. the movie. I have not seen that movie in a long time. But yes. The best part of The Little Mermaid is the hee-hee-hee-ho-ho-ho scene. Uh, the best part of that for me now is Crystal Adams making her French husband make that noise and him being like, we do not do this in France. Nobody does it. <laughs> and then she goes, do what? And then he almost does oh, it. It's, it's so exact. funny. It's, it's so exact. funny. It's Follow so Crystal funny. Adams on TikTok. Uh, I think it's probably the Dark Crystal because that's the yes, it's the Dark Crystal on TikTok. She's so funny, oh, man. I man. love. We gotta have her on again. Oh, for sure. So they're gonna do go down to cocktails and dinner. So they put on their evening culottes. Uh, we cut over to Jamie Dornan's room where he's calling back to the lair and he's like, there's a lot of official couples here. Do you miss me? <laughs> and Bjork is like, well, you were here and now you're not. And when you come back, you'll be here again, <laughs> which is like not an answer. But like so close to real life. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've never been in a situation exactly like this, but I felt his pain on some level. I was like, oh, mm -hmm. this is so I feel so bad for him. I think everyone's been in a situation where you like like someone more than they like you and like oh, you yeah. say yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You say something like, I really miss you and like there's a lot of couples that remind me of you and they're like, Yeah, like you're not in town and I wanted to totally go to the movies with you the other night. I, I feel like that's the point at which you realize you're like, oh, this is not mutual. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh man, this business trip is way too long. I miss hanging out with you. And she's like, yeah, I saw a dog today. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one's too close. That was too close to home. But like the silent heartbreak that goes into those conversations, I feel like this movie like really got it well. Yeah, I agree. Still in super good place. <laughs> yeah, and he, I think, pretty immediately realizes like, oh, this is not mutual. It's not going to happen. This is not right. what I think it is. Yeah. We cut down to the hotel bar where we get, uh, a shot of Richard Cheese from Richard Cheese and Lounge Against the Machine playing yeah. as the the local piano entertainment. They actually mention his name, too, because yeah. he's like a famous person in his own right. And I love that he's in this movie. And I love that like half the movie, he's just singing about boobs. <laughs> so uh, that booby song written by Kristen Wiig and Annie Mamala. <laughs> <laughs> did they write all the songs for it yes they oh did oh my god that's amazing yeah including <laughs> including including the one coming up soon nice but yeah i like boobies so uh barb and star sit at the bar and they're ordering drinks and we pan over next to them we reveal that jamie jordan's character is sitting right next to them and as he goes to charge his drink to the room they're like which room is it and he's like 6 11 and they're like oh 6 11 we're 124 <laughs> i love <laughs> that because so they make funny. like a big deal about it and he's just like that's nowhere close that's to me what? and of course we're both <laughs> staying in the hotel like what are we talking about right now yep and they introduce themselves in what becomes kind of a cadence for the movie where it's like, I'm Barb and this is Star and you are. And it's this like same sound repeated, which is really funny. Yeah. Well, and I think I'm 100% sure that's why they call him Edgar. Edgar. That's why yeah. his name was Edgar in this movie, because they wanted something that would complete the rhyme scheme. Yes. And he reveals that. 
Uh, he's having a bad day. They ask if it's because he's constipated and he's like, no, it's work stuff. I love Kristen Wiig's like, I just feel like I got a bunch of tube socks tied up in my stomach. It's like a traffic jam in there. Oh. Yeah. And in order to cheer him up, they decide to have Kristen Wiig tell one of her greeting card messages because that's something she does is like writes greeting cards for the middle age because we go through stuff, you know. And this is what she says. Sometimes life's umbrella has holes in it and the water just pours down over your shoulders and your hair. But don't worry because the rain will end. But you should probably get a replacement umbrella for next time. <laughs> and that's <laughs> her like greeting card. And they're like, did that cheer you up? And he's just like, yeah, you know what? It actually did. <laughs> I mean, it probably would have cheered me up too just because it's so bad. I would have laughed at it. Like, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I think I would make good greeting cards. I don't think so. Mikey, you would make good greeting cards. 100%. <laughs> There's no way you wouldn't. Wow, what a divisive topic on this podcast. <laughs> I'm on board it for that. It depends on what kind of greeting cards they are. I feel like if you had to make a line of, ex of greeting cards exclusively for, for ghosting, breaking up with people, or telling someone that they've contracted an STD from you, I think you'd be great at those. Jesus Christ. This whole podcast can be summed up with me making a declaration and Todd being like supportive and Paige being like attack. Like that, we have, we, now we have a pattern. Roses are red. We made out on your deck. And after last night, you may want to get checked. <laughs> you <wanna> get checked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mikey. I really liked kissing your mouth, but I died fighting the war for the South. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you had to make Confederate, like dead Civil War general greeting cards, yes. My dearest insert acquaintance name here. <laughs> I liked kissing your Appomattox lips. <laughs> and I must admit, I did surrender to your love. <laughs> Wasn't that where the surrender happened, Appomattox Courthouse? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe I remembered that. Oh, thank you so much, Mr. Edwards, my seventh grade history teacher. <laughs> we'll get there. We're workshopping. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. This is how magic happens, Paige. I mean, it'll take like 200 plus years, but someday we'll get there. <laughs> so they start ordering drinks together and Barb picks one that has a skull and crossbones next to it. And we find out that it's the buried treasure. And my favorite part is whenever he says buried treasure, you just hear yo ho <laughs> like ghostly yo ho yeah. in the background. Um but he says, if you finish the whole thing and you if you get to the bottom, there's a buried treasure. No one's ever finished it. We cut to them immediately finishing it. I don't believe that because I would totally finish that drink with a couple of people. That looks so fun. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And they're like, well, we didn't find the treasure. And he's like, well, did you find the did you open the treasure chest and find the syrupy liquid? They're like, yeah, we drink the syrup. And he's like, and then the three pills in the in the diving mask. And they're like, yeah, we took a pill. I took a pill. You took a pill. And he's like. Good, that's your treasure. <laughs> because they clearly are now on what I think is probably Molly. Yeah, I assume so as well. Because they immediately go dance. Yes. And then have a threesome. Yeah, well, they go dance to a techno version of My Heart Will Go On. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And as that's happening, we cut back to Talking Club 
where one of the women just says, I like looking at wicker, but I don't like sitting on it. I actually feel the same. Yeah. I honestly never felt more seen in this movie than when she said those words. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We cut back and Jamie Dornan is drunk dialing Bjork. Yes. And he's like, I'm getting sick of these mixed messages and I found ladies here and I'm not going to do the mission anymore. Hang up. So we cut to the next morning and they're awakened by his phone ringing and they are literally in a stack. It is Kristen Wiig, Jamie Dornan, Annie Mumolo, and then a pillow on top of her butt. How did it I get don't know there? how it got there. How did it stay there, Paige? I have so many questions about that pillow specifically. Why does she need it? Like, what were they doing with it? Like, it's so well, we hear crazy. Some, some shades of what they were doing where... We know that she rode them up and down the halls yeah. like horses. <laughs> and and she's like, oh, that's probably why my back hurts. And she's like, or it could have been all that stuff you did against the table. It was two <laughs> against one over there. <laughs> yeah, it was two against one over there. Uh, I feel kind of strange. Is it because I spanked your bottom? And it's like, no. And they reveal that this is the first time they've been with anyone sexually since their husbands have gone. But while that's happening, other than each other, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's yeah, pretty heavily yeah. implied. <laughs> okay, they okay. are very like comfortable with the fact that they just participated in an MFF threesome. I don't think this is the first time that Barb and Star hooked up. Me either. Yeah, and to be honest with you, the fact that they are not shocked or upset or anything by what has happened to me suggests that it had at least been on the table before i don't care where they did it Paige. i know it happened <laughs> yeah they probably did it all over their their place they lived together it could have been on a table it could have been on the couch anywhere in one of their twin beds uh so i don't know if it was like if Mikey and I had woke up and there was a woman sandwiched between us and we had a night of sweet amore with that person, I would have a lot of weird feelings about that, Mikey. I'm not going to lie. I don't want that with you. I don't want that with you either, Mikey. I'm just glad we're on the same page. But largely because you just said you don't want it with me. <laughs> <laughs> or would you let Mikey spit on you? I would spit on him, but it would be more of like a power thing, not like a sex thing. It's always a power thing, Mikey. Sex Do you not power understand the spit hand in hand, Mikey. God You're the worst Dom ever I don't know what Fast and the Furious has to do with it <laughs> You're family So you shouldn't be having sex with each other <laughs> That's what <laughs> All I'm saying is They did not have to have a conversation about Holy shit we just had sex So I don't think it was the first time that they had been yeah, Intimate yeah. Which is fine I honestly thought they would go to Vista Del Mar And they would end up together Like the romance would be between them And I was on board for that Yeah. Anyway as that's happening, Jamie Dornan's like collecting his clothes and he just says, thanks for the uh, weird time. <laughs> and then he leaves. Uh, I've been there. Oh, been I there. have been yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I've been like, my dog has an early meeting. I got to go. I, I yeah, got to. Yeah. Then all you hear is his clacketing of his feet, his monstrous feet. <laughs> as he runs away. Anyway, they finish out the scene by basically being like, what a nice man. And we cut to them shopping along the beach where they're kind of going through the, all the things that they've bought. One of them is a conch, but like a phone case. Yes. So it looks like you're listening to a seashell on the phone. That was so funny. And I love how she was like, we don't even have cell phones. And then she's like, oh, I know, I'm just going to glue it to our landline phone at home. <laughs> so funny. I do think it's funny that they're middle-aged ladies from the 90s are like just regular women from south dakota where are they from 
Uh, they're from Nebraska. Soft Rock, Nebraska. Soft Rock, Nebraska. Yeah. That's right. Uh, they get charm bracelets that are very sharp. That's going to come up later. Thank God. Yeah. It saves their life. A little Trish license plate. <laughs> I'm putting that on our car. Yeah. And we cut back to Jamie Dornan, who is like now showered and realizes that he lost the chip the microchip in the madness of the night before. And we do get some cutaways to like them rolling on the beach and him playing the saxophone. I laughed out loud because he's got a tie around his forehead that he yes. was not wearing. So he just stole someone's tie and put that on and he's playing saxophone by steel drums. It's insane. <laughs> he's got his shirt tied up in like a Britney Spears schoolgirl yeah. <laughs> playing the saxophone. Honestly, they had a really fun night. So he calls the lair and is like, I lost the microchip. And she's just like, you fool, whatever. I will find somebody to fix it so he hangs up the phone we see his feet go up in the air as he kind of falls back on the bed and then he looks dead in the camera and starts one of the best musical interludes of the film yeah no it is the this yeah. is the best musical interlude of the film by far yes this is the seagulls in the sand can, can you, you hear, hear my, my plea i keep trying but i'm getting, getting in the way i love how it singles seagulls in the sand and then seagull on the seagull tire on a tire and then, just and then seagulls, seagulls in, in a group, group. <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 it's so yeah. wild man but yeah this is where he's like funny. coming to grips with what's going on in his life and that his wannabe girlfriend doesn't love him and also doing little baby kicks in the sand oh and climbing a palm tree like a cat on a palm tree who's decided to <laughs> climb up a palm, palm tree. tree yes it's great so we cut to barb and star's room where they each are like you know i'm gonna do something on my own i'm gonna take a bath or i'm gonna practice my calligraphy well then i won't disturb you i won't disturb you either well yeah because they both got dicked down last night and they were like hey i enjoyed getting dicked down last night i should go get yeah. dicked down again i would like seconds please yeah please uh, may i have some more so while Kristen wick is doing her calligraphy annie mumolo climbs out the window of the bathroom <laughs> in hilarious fashion <laughs> i love when she's on the float and she like tries to like push herself away and like yes. go like you know under Kristen wig or whatever but the float turns yes so she's just facing Kristen wig as it goes through it's so funny it's amazing. Uh, and my favorite is as she's floating away, we hear Kristen Wiig kind of like narrating the letter she's writing. And she's oh, like, yeah. I'm the disgusting woman from last night. What can I tell you about me? I was born in a hospital. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, This movie's so good. Like I sometimes worry about movies that we do that are just good because like it really is just us talking about how funny they are for an hour and a half. That's why I try to interlude with something ridiculous. Right. So... <laughs> but not right now <laughs> not right now we've got we've done it too much yeah. we have to wrap it up so we cut over to jamie dornan's room where he gets a phone call from the person who's going to help him with the microchip which we find out through this phone call is darley bunkle even though that is supposed to be confidential <laughs> i loved that bit like damon wayans jr he was coach in the new girl uh -huh. i love him so much and he's so good in this too he was only coach in certain seasons because lamorne morris takes over and lamorne morris is fucking hilarious yeah but Lauren Morris is not coach right he's no. still coach he's a different in, character yeah, yeah yeah he plays a different character yeah anyway he's so good in everything he does and I love how like he just fully commits to the he's giving out personal information and doesn't mean to every time and every time he does it he handles it like uh oh damn it I shouldn't have said that like it's so funny every time I love it every time yeah that's pretty much me doing therapy <laughs> <laughs> but you should tell your therapist everything Mikey 
No, no, no. When I'm the therapist. Damn it, I shouldn't oh. have said that. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so Barb arrives at Jamie Dornan's room. He realizes he's got all of his guns and Secret Service stuff out, so he has to like hide it and, and suggests that they go for a walk. And this is where we hear about Barb's husband, her first husband, Ron Quicksilver. He was so manly, there were rumors he was chemically off. Which is one of my favorite descriptions of a person <laughs> ever. Yeah. Um, but we find out that he was actually a like a roadie. He worked at like a rodeo. He's like a cowboy. Uh, he was a bull rider. And he was trampled, not during a show, but on Black Friday because they had 50-inch flat screens. <laughs> I did get one. Which I thought was a great joke. So funny. Yeah, it is. They go on the paddle boats and she basically, as they're kind of walking on the beach after, has this revelation of, oh no, I lied to Star, I feel terrible, and I wasted all that water. <laughs> um, but she basically is like, this wasn't meant to be, You, but you've set me free, thank you. And then she goes running off onto the beach, everything is possible! <laughs> I love how we get pretty much the exact same shots with Kristen Wiig, though, like right after that. I love that so much. It's so funny. Well, because so Barb goes back to the room and Star appears to be asleep, but it, it is pillows. And Star then shows up at Jamie Dornan's door. <laughs> I'm sorry, that reveal of the pillow because she's talking to Star from yes. her bed. But when it zooms out, you see the full pillow and it's just like a white pillow with black Sharpie drawn on to look somewhat <laughs> yes. like Star. It's so bad. I love that she was like talking to it like it was actually Star. Good night. I'm so grateful for you. I love you so much. <laughs> so crazy. So Star shows up at Jamie Dornan's door and... She's like, I started writing a letter, but my brain got all squirrely. And they have basically the same shot for shot of all the activities that, that he and Barb have just done. Is this where Star knocks on the door, but then is like fully like like lying sexily yes. on the, in the hallway? <laughs> yes. And then gets up yeah. like spread eagle with her butt in the air. It's yeah. pretty great. It's Honestly, it's wonderful. I just wanted to talk to you inside where your sheets are. Uh, <laughs> so they go on a walk and she's kind of talking to him about the affair. And, and she's like, well, my husband had a foot fetish and it makes sense because... Dina has huge toes and my toes never started growing after I was about three months old. They're like little pieces of rice. Don't look at it. <laughs> if you are, if you're a hardcore SNL person, there was a sketch easily 10 plus years ago at this point where Jason Sudeikis and Will Forte were male sports announcers in the 80s announcing for women's sports and having to read ad copy during the sport i remember that yes and it would cut back between them versus it was always Kristen wig and then whoever the guest was that week who are competing in like women's curling or like women's <laughs> you know jousting like whatever it was and then the ad copy they would have to read would be like sponsored by gynolotrimin vaginal cream <laughs> and it was always some like personal product but in one episode will forte says I don't know. My toes are so tiny. They're like tiny grains of rice. And Jason Sudeikis goes like, really? And he goes, no. And then it just cuts away. And it's this like throwaway <laughs> joke that my sister, my dad, and I have quoted to each other for years. And so to hear her then say, my toes are like tiny grains of rice in this scene, we were like, oh, my God. Somebody else finds this as funny as we did. So anyway, she talks about how 
the night before made her feel non-disgusting because you saw my folds and my holes and you didn't <laughs> run away. And she ends it with, you shouldn't have to try and make someone love you, which is very applicable to what he's going through. Oh, yeah. It's also good advice. Yeah, it's good advice. Yeah. They take a walk on the beach and she talks about how like, I heard this woman who fell in love with a doctor and the doctor was Bruce Springsteen. I guess he just wanted to be normal for a while. <laughs> but it makes her remember Barb because I guess Barb dressed as Bruce Springsteen one Halloween. Yeah. And she's like, what am I doing? I ruined that pillow. I should go. We don't have a lot of time. I need you inside me right now. Let's yeah. make love on those hard stairs. And then they do twice. Uh, we <laughs> cut back and she's like, did I bounce too much? And he's like, no, no. <laughs> it was lovely. Uh, and so they do it twice. She goes back to the room. She walks in and the room is dark. And then as she kind of gets closer <laughs> into the room, the light goes on and it's I'm Barb sorry. sitting by the lamp. Just staring at her. And she's just like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just playing with this lamp. <laughs> like, <laughs> it looks like she's going to interrogate her, but she's just playing it's with the lamp. so funny. Yeah. And this is where they both kind of lie to each other. Yeah, they make up the cutest stories about turtles. About turtles. Well, I I went for a walk and I had to uh, walk a turtle home. You got it. You saw a turtle's house? Yeah. How was your bath? Oh, um, I saw a turtle, but he like came up through the drain, but I was scared because I was so much bigger than him. And then, and then he went back down the drain. They're like, oh, okay, let's go to sleep. I love how she's like, and then he went back down the drain and that's why you can't play with him. Right. <laughs> she's like, please don't ask about the turtle. Yep. Uh, so we cut over to the lair where Yo-Yo, the, the young man, uh, has built a model of the city. And he's like, why does this plan mean so much to you? And Bjork has him bring her her chair. Yes. And she basically tells the story of how she was born with a skin condition. She was allergic to the sun. And she finally made one friend who was then eaten by an alligator. <laughs> uh, and then she goes to the seafood gym where somebody pushes her on stage. They crown her accidentally and she gets put into the cannon. And as she soared through the air, all of her clothes fell off and she landed in a pool on a Disney cruise ship. And her father was so upset, he suffered a heart attack. And then her mother abandoned them to reinvent herself in Palm Springs. There's so, so much going on in this. <laughs> so much. Like, it's like such a long, crazy story. It's such a long, crazy story. But that's why she wants revenge on the small town. Absolutely. And yeah. my favorite is that it cuts away to Yo-Yo, present day, who just says, I think your feelings are valid and this is the only answer. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, so everyone good. needs a friend like Yo-Yo. No. I mean, no. No, they don't. No, no they don't. <laughs> Todd, you're being a real Yo-Yo right now. Uh, I'm going to say no. It's hard to explain feelings because like feelings exist and they are real and they're valid in the fact that you feel them, but they, they doesn't mean they make sense or they should be followed, if that makes right. sense. Yes. Like jealousy is a feeling, but you shouldn't like murder someone. You know what I mean? Like there's like a very slippery slope to all this. Yes. Yeah. Unless you include a three page manifesto of all of the movies you like and all the comedians you want to give a shout out to. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> don't murder people. <laughs> don't murder people. But don't murder manatees. There's less of them. Yeah. Besides, they're the only seafaring creature that humans have had sex with historically. I don't believe that. I know people. <laughs> <laughs> you think they've tried other ones? A hundred percent. Yeah, Mansers is not a reliable source. Drunk dudes? Come on. Yeah. So we cut to the breakfast buffet 
where Darley Bunkle is there to coordinate the drop for the new microchip with Edgar. And this is where he gives out like his whole address. Yeah. And he's like, I'll be in a Zorro style fedora. I love colors. I was a little sad we didn't ever get to see that. No, but I do love what we eventually see him yeah, in. Yeah, it was pretty great. But I wanted him dressed like Prince in a purple fedora and like suit. Oh my and God. It would have been amazing. Yeah. So we cut away to Barb and Star on kind of like the boardwalk where they're getting their caricature drawn. And the lady drawing them is like, you've got to stop moving. I'm trying to draw you. And Barb reveals that she loves big teeth and she wants to have more teeth. And you could just make her eyes and teeth. I know. And I was like, oh, man, Mikey oh, and yeah. Barb would be a great couple. The drawing. Well, yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Star excuses herself because she says she's sick. But really, she just spotted Edgar on the boardwalk. And they are going to go bump all of the uglies. Oh, yeah. Uh Meanwhile, Barb is going to go snorkeling, but before she does, she gets the caricature drawing and she just says, I can see where the talking was problematic. <laughs> and it's just it's <laughs> blurry, yeah. crazy They've looking. They've got like three noses and their faces are on both sides. It's very funny. Yeah. yeah. So Barb goes to snorkel and doesn't want to get in the water just yet, but is kind of working her way in. Upstairs, uh, Edgar ignores a call from Bjork and Star looks at her friendship bracelet, but then they both decide to bone it out anyway. Yeah, they go for round two. Yeah. They go for round two. We get a montage of them kind of doing different things and having their own vacations where Barb is loving going snorkeling. She's having a blast. Star and Edgar are putting suntan lotion on each other, but it's just like a whole bottle. And then he's like jerking oh, so off yes, her I leg was with say his that arms. Page when he has his arms around her leg and is literally like jerking it off, I lost my shit. It was so funny. <laughs> but they're like, they're not like rubbing the lotion in. Like it's they're like they've painted the lotion onto themselves. Yes, it is bonkers. Uh, Barb is doing like the fake surf thing where it's like one of those stationary surfboard things. Uh, and she's crushing it. She is crushing <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I love this montage with her. Yeah. Yeah. She's like doing all the things that they were going to do together. She's doing them by herself. Yeah. And, and having a good time. Yeah. And having a great time. And Star is also having a great time. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Edgar and Star make like a sand sculpture. Barb goes parasailing and smokes a blunt. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, she gets really into pot on this trip, which she does a full 180. And I love it for her. Yeah. Um, Star pretends to have a fever by putting her thermometer in her curlers. And she's like, oh, wow, 137 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> we then cut to Barb in a drum circle where she then gets up from the drum circle, walks across hot coals, oh gets God. onto a scooter and drives off smoking a blunt and then jumps a small crevasse. <laughs> like, so we cut back to the lair where Bjork now has pictures of Edgar and the girls and decides yeah. that she's going to handle this. We cut back to the jungle where Barb is changing back into her culottes because she doesn't want Star to know that she's having a great time in cutoffs, I guess. <laughs> and she falls over and a guy helps her up and rubs a plant on her elbow because she hurt her elbow. And he tells her not to basically don't feel bad about having a good time on this vacation because in order to be a good friend, you have to be a friend to yourself first. Yeah. And then he smacks her in the middle of the forehead and says, Ahoya! <laughs> Well, I love that when he does that, she goes, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's so it's so crazy. You are a phoenix. Your shimmer is on the horizon. <gasps> My shimmer. What's your name? And he goes, I'm Tommy Bahama. <laughs> and she just goes, oh, 
I can. And he continues on his swamp walk. Yeah. I love that when he's like, you're a phoenix. She goes, Dumbledore's bird. <laughs> Dumbledore's bird. And then he's bird. like, what? And she goes, Dumbledore. Dumbledore. <laughs> like she repeats it back then. I don't know why, but that made me laugh so hard. But I do love when he like goes back on his swamp walk, it cuts from her going, what the fuck? And then it cuts to her sneezing. And it's it, they say the word fuck, but get around it. Like, that's so yeah. funny to me. Uh, so we cut to Edgar and Star where she's like, what are we going to do when this trip is over? And he's like, let's not think about it. Let's just have as much fun as we can. Yeah. And then she says, that last position, your dong went really deep. I think it went all the way up and touched my heart. <laughs> That's that devil penis magic right there. That's how you get him to catch the feels, Mikey. Bro, I've got the elder wand. <laughs> Is your dick old? <laughs> get out of my brain, Todd. I was like, it's as old as the rest of me. Well, yeah, that's fair. Accuccio, baby. It's a- Accio. I'm okay, dorks. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, I feel so judged right now. All right, all right, cool, 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 cool. That's fine. That's fine. I'm not taking uh, offense at all. Excuse um, me. Technically, um, <laughs> Lupus was a werewolf the whole time. Let's go cry to Grummus, okay? Time for your mispronunciation. He's only ever read no that word, Paige. Female food He's only figures. ever read that word. It's got an I and no U. There's no excuse. Oh man. <laughs> So they decide they're going to be an official couple, but he has to go to a business meeting. And she says, that's right. You're a claim inspector and you're in town on top business. <laughs> and I know I like I feel like it's a it, it is a double entendre that doesn't get the laugh laughs. that it deserves. Yeah, exactly. Exa- I yeah. laugh so I'm hard like, at that. He's been expecting her clam quite a bit on this trip. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ooh. Anyway, so she he goes off to his business meeting with Clamco and she sits down in the sand and she's talking to herself and is just like, is this right? What am I doing about Barb? And then she just turns to a little crab on the sand next to her and just goes, I'm in a big pickle, little crab. And then the crab, I, I don't know if it's actually voiced by Morgan Freeman. Let me double check. I think it is. I mean, they certainly say his name, right? Yeah. And they he say says Freeman with a, with a D. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. He did not voice the crab. Okay. Uh, it was voice actor Josh Robert Thompson, oh, who wow. has been the Morgan Freeman approved Morgan Freeman impersonator <laughs> for years. That is what his <laughs> LinkedIn profile says. Wow. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, okay. Impressive. So it's, but it sounds like Morgan Freeman. And he he introduces himself as Morgan Freeman with a with D. With a D, yeah. And he just says, Go with your heart. Love is rare, but true friends forgive. Unless you really fuck her over, then she's not going to talk to you again. It's <laughs> just this kind of rambling advice. And she just goes, okay, thanks for the advice. And he goes, you won't see me again. I'm going into the ocean today and I will not return. I have lived a full life. And then it just like describes the plot of conservatively like seven different Morgan Freeman movies. Yeah. And then he like crab walks out into the ocean and just goes, goodbye. Me. Me. (laughs) I guess I better be hitting the old sandy trail. (laughs) (laughs) And she cooked a farting peach and everyone fell in love. (laughs) A true romance. I don't know how you think that romance is more valid than the one in this film, but it's not. But that movie is (laughs) 
stupidly marketed as a romantic comedy. This was too. This was not marketed as a romantic. Everyone knew that she bumped uglies with Jamie Dornan and we oh wanted to see God, it. Oh my God, this was marketed as a comedy. I know you like the movie, but let's let's not get delusional. <laughs> there is more. There, she has more scenes with Jamie Dornan than Sarah Michelle Gellar has with her love interest in Simply Irresistible. I'm not comparing two terrible romantic comedy examples, but like this is no, this is no Harry Met Sally. You know what I'm saying? No, this is way better. No. <laughs> anyway, Jamie Dornan gets back to his room, and there's a bag with a microchip that just says, "My yard sale's going better than I thought." Microchip in bag, Darley <laughs> Bunkle, and then his address, weight, and height. Yeah, he's always giving a little bit extra information. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do love that the door says like there's like a note to the door that says "Look down," and then it pans down, and then it says "Look further." <laughs> <laughs> and then it shows the, the package. It's so funny. We cut to Richard Cheese playing at the bar. Uh, but instead of playing the boobies song, he's the song he's playing is several of my friends from high school have recently passed. <laughs> Just <laughs> listing names. I do love that Barb is talking about how much she loves Richard's like piano. And it's like and she she turns around and like listens and then turns back to the bartender and goes, well, this one's dark. <laughs> <laughs> this one's a bit of a downer. Yeah. Um, but the guy running the banana boat comes up to her because it's time for her to go on the banana boat. And she always thought that this is something that she and Star would do. Yeah. And he describes the banana boat as it's a real tit flap. <laughs> You're going to love it. Uh, but she decides to wait for Star. And as she says it, she looks up at the balcony of Edgar's room and they yep. are on the balcony having sex. Well, at first they're kissing, right? And then right. you see their like feet up in the air and the guy who's trying to get <laughs> yeah. to go on the banana boat is like, oh, that's real hot. <laughs> so wild we cut upstairs to edgar's room where he says goodbye to star and she is kind of like still dumbfounded says some gibberish but she leaves and she and barb <laughs> cross paths in the elevator yeah well they don't actually see each other but yeah yeah they don't see each other and so Barb gets to his room and listens at the door with a glass and hears him on the phone basically describing the evil plot. Yeah. Well, until two nice ladies come up and want to find out where she got her necklace. Well, yes. And as as that's going on, Bjork is telling him that Barb and Star are actually spies for the HPV. Yeah. <laughs> <It> sounds familiar. <laughs> but yes, this is when two ladies come up in the hallway and they're just like, where'd you get your necklace? And and it's beliefy or not. And so if you watch it with subtitles on, it actually types it out. But it's a pun name where everything has leaves on it. Believe it or not. And she ends up <laughs> yelling it. My God, lady. Which then alerts Edgar to the fact that she's outside the door. So she runs away, which makes her him think that even more she's a spy. Yeah. And so on the phone, Bjork is like, find them and kill them. We cut back to Barb and Star's room where Star is still pretending to be sick. And Barb is like... Um, I know what's going on, and by the way, he's gonna do something terrible, he's a killer, and they're kind of mad at each other for lying to each other, even though, like, they, I mean, They both, both lie to each other, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, but one's a terrorist. Well, no, I mean, no, no, technically they're both accessories after the fact, I think. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> As they're arguing, Jamie Dornan climbs in through the window and is just like, it's too bad he didn't go on the banana boat. I hear it's a real tit flapper. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way this ties it at the end, too. Like, it's so Me funny. Too. Yeah. 
so he ties them up. Meanwhile, Yo-Yo takes the mosquitoes by submarine out into the middle of the ocean. And we cut back to the room where he has them tied up. And he tells them the whole story of how he met met Bjork, which I don't think she has a name in the movie. At least not that I remember. Does. I know yeah. I've been calling her Bjork this whole time. Anyway. Uh, and took part in her plan. Which is basically like he was a child and was like sex trafficked by her. He was an adult. He was because he starts out talking about like how he was a teen and then was homeless for a while and then worked a bunch of places and then she found him. Yeah. So I'm going to say he's probably an adult. Okay. I think so too. Yeah. He starts off by being like, I know you're working with the HPV. And then Star is like, hey, everybody probably has it. I have it. You probably have it. <laughs> Which is a... Hilarious cutaway. I mean, he probably has it now for sure. Yeah. But he describes all the things he was doing for money because his parents died. And one of them was he he built motorcycles for Honda or lawnmowers <laughs> for Honda. And yeah. then at one point I sold my poop to farmers and told them it was fertilizer, but it was never enough. <laughs> and oh my God. essentially she finds him on the street gives him money and a place to stay and he says people do crazy things for love and they're like yeah but like killing everyone is pretty crazy <laughs> and he's like well wouldn't you have done it for your former husbands and they're like wait a second how do you know about barb's former husband yeah and he's like well she came to see me before you and so then it ends up being yeah. this kind of huge argument he leaves he places the receiver they get untied and open their hotel room door to see Bjork standing there. And then they wake up on a beach cliff where she has alligators in crates that she's going to literally just like let loose in hopes that the alligators kill them. Yeah. Even though she hasn't tied them up or anything. No, they could just like fuck off to the sides. Like they. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the alligators would probably just walk away. Yeah. Uh, and they choose instead to jump off the cliff next to them, saved by the parachute properties of their culottes. The way this is done in the uh. movie is so perfect because they jump and you expect them to like, like hit those rocks, right? And then you hear a parachute open. You don't see yes. anything. And then you see them like holding hands, like going mm -hmm. back and forth slowly as they go to the beach, like fall to the beach. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, it's so funny. So meanwhile, they land, they make up, and we reveal that Barb got her labia pierced. But she took it out right away. Or did she? She didn't, Mikey. Yeah, she's not. So Bjork goes to Edgar's room and is like, hey, I killed your friends to clean up your mess, but is the receiver in position? And he's like, yes. She sets it up so she's about to activate it, and he knocks her out with the sand sculpture that he and Star made. So... He uses his binoculars. He sees that Barb and Star are trying to get to the receiver. Yeah. He races down and runs into them. And they're going to try and just run it into the ocean. And they're running away from him at first. But then they stop at a seashell booth. <laughs> where they're just like, we got to get it out to the ocean. Oh, my God. What kind of bird is that? It's all yeah. made out of shells. And I love that that booth is called Shells or High Water or whatever. Like Every shell booth is a different pun. And I wish I had written them down. But every single one is different. So it's so good. funny. So... Edgar waves him down. He catches up to them and he's like, hey, throwing it in the ocean won't destroy it. 
I want to help you destroy it. And I have the antidote. So give it to me. I will go destroy it. And he goes to take the antidote and it's just lemon iced tea. So she was setting him up to die the entire time. Yeah. But he still is like, I have to make this right. I still have to do it. But all of a sudden he gets tackled by Darley Bunkle, who is <laughs> disguised with like an umbrella hat. But then he's also got one of those shirts that's like the bikini, bikini body shirt. shirt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's, it goes like down to like mid thigh. And it's like a, it's like a woman, right? Right. So like he thinks he's like undercover as a woman. I, I thought that it's was so, so funny. funny. Like that it's anyone so, would fall for that. Really so so funny. crazy. And I love how they fight because they're they, literally. They just roll across the yeah, sand. They're like two kids doing like somersaults with each other. It's so funny. Yep. Meanwhile, Barb and Star run up to a couple that has a jet ski and they're like, we need to use it. And they're like, we have no further questions. Take the jet ski, <laughs> which is great. Yeah. Um, they ride it out into the ocean. Meanwhile, Bjork goes looking for them, but it's too late. So she climbs into the cannon again for the shrimp queen and gets launched out into the ocean after them. Yo-Yo releases the mosquitoes. Barb and Star jet ski towards it. <laughs> and then we cut away to talking club where Vanessa Payer just says, my favorite facial expression goes like this. <laughs> it's just her doing a facial expression there's nothing else like that's just it it's more than one that's the time yeah it's a multi-facial expression expression yeah we cut back to the ocean where they're like we're gonna die this time open the gates make sure it's the pearly one and we cut back to the shrimp queen as she's preparing to launch that cannon and we hear a little bit of the shrimp queen song which is just She's the shrimp queen. Is she a dream or is she real? <laughs> and then the <laughs> cannon goes off. Uh, they're apologizing to each other on the jet ski because neither one of them met turtles. Uh, and also we find out that Barb still has that labia piercing. In. Yeah. She's like, it hurts like a dick. It's so uncomfortable. I don't yeah. think it's fully healed yet. <laughs> I'm sure it's not. She just got a, that pierced. Oh, yeah. The salt water is not going to help that. No. Bjork lands with them in the water and they kind of play keep away with the receiver and they finally throw it out of reach and they have the key to the jet ski. So they are dead in the water. They go underwater. The mosquitoes attack Bjork and underwater in subtitles, we get them saying, we're really going to die this time. I love you. Basically, they love each other. Yeah. It's really sweet. Yeah. We get a montage of their life flashing before their eyes. Where we get the shots of Mr. Peanut by the fire. We get Kermit bicycling. We get shots of them like dancing in the room and all kinds of stuff. And then we see this glowing thing orb up on them. Yeah, well, yeah. we just kind of see them look like, what? And we cut back to the beach where Darley Bunkle is like, hey, I'm sorry your girlfriend died. Let me know if you want to get food later. <laughs> <laughs> and as they look out, they see something shimmering on the horizon. As it And as it gets close, it appears to be Barb and Star riding something shiny into the beach. And yeah. they arrive safely. And they're like, what the fuck just happened? And... Barb and Star kind of look at each other and turn and just say, it's Trish. <laughs> and we cut out into the water where Reba fucking McIntyre oh is God. like, it's me. I'm just a fun loving water spirit named Trish. And you're just like, <laughs> what the fuck is happening? But essentially, Trish has saved them. Yes. They reunite with Edgar and she's like, I love you with all my fart. I'm sorry. I mean, heart. And my favorite is that Barb is like, I believe that you were trying to do the right thing too. So we're Yeah, she's cool. like in between them as they're making out, trying to like be like, it's cool. We're cool, guys. We're cool. <laughs> but then she says, 
I wonder where we're all going to live, though. <laughs> and then Jamie's like, you guys want to have a threesome about it? And we'll talk it out. We'll talk it out. Uh, Bjork comes back onto the beach and he's like, oh, you took the real antidote. And she's like, yeah, no, duh. And she's trying to attack them. And Barb steps up and is like, hey, you rude lady. Like, I'm going to tell you what's what. And the whole beach goes, oh, yeah, because Barb has like <laughs> come to run the place. Yeah. Essentially, Barb off screen started a cult that has become wildly successful in Del Mar. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, I don't like this part with the villain. I think the villain should have got. Yeah, I, I was fine with the villain staying dead. But essentially yeah. what happens is the villain needs friends. And so everyone agrees to be her friend. But at this point. Because they're all being friends with her. She's friends with the town. And so Edgar is basically like, let's go get another buried treasure, which is essentially like, want to have a threesome about it? <laughs> like, yeah, let's go I celebrate. I loved it. Oh, man. Uh, and she says, sure, but Barb and I have something to do first. And so they go and ride the banana boat. And we get an epilogue from Trish, yeah. who's just like, I'm a fun, loving water spirit, but friendship and love and whatever. And you're just like, I can't even focus because I'm still shocked that A, Trish is real and B, it's Reba McIntyre yeah. <laughs> as a fun, loving water spirit. Uh, but we get a montage of them riding the banana boat and then it freeze frames and it says Barb and Star stayed on that banana boat for hours. Pause. It was a real tit flapper. <laughs> we cut back to the beach where Yo-Yo has arrived and it looks like he has a gun, but it turns out to be a party cannon and everyone dances, and, and that's, that's the, the movie. movie. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what do you guys think about Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar? I love this romantic comedy. This is probably the romanciest comedy I've ever seen, and I'm here for it. I think I like this movie less talking about it with you two. <laughs> This movie is great, though. So I take that as high praise. Like, I think this movie is so much fun. I will definitely watch it again. It sort of reminded me of a more like campy Palm Springs on some level because it's very silly and very funny, but like still sort of heartfelt in parts and stuff. This is just way campier than Palm Springs. It reminds me of um, Better Off Dead on the Beach is essentially kind of what okay. it is like, where yeah. it is that madcap and that crazy and you really just kind of have to surrender yourself to the to the madness yes i really do think everyone needs to see this movie it's fantastic but you have to be on board for the camp like if you don't love campy stuff you won't like this movie in order for you to enjoy this movie you have to just accept whatever your eyeballs are going to see and enjoy it yeah just like yeah it is gonna be yeah that owl did scan him into a lair <laughs> like, and it's only been five minutes. So Paige, do you have some fun facts for us? I do. Well, here it is with some fun facts. Barbara Star fun facts. facts. So I looked up what it would cost to take this vacation. Okay. And it would be somewhere in the neighborhood of $5,000 to $7,000 for the week. Wow. Including okay. their flights, oh, their okay. food and a stipend for shopping. And that's okay. for both of them. So like yeah, that's sure. combined. Yeah. I literally just took this vacation. As far as vacations go for a six day vacation where you had to fly there. That's actually not bad. It's not terrible. No, no. And I did book the cheapest flights, but I looked at a series of hotels and tried to pick one that looked like this hotel. Yeah. This is a super nice hotel, right? Yeah, like you could probably do this cheaper, but I would say the way it is depicted in the movie, they spent probably between five and $7,000 on this vacation. Yeah. 
Now, depending on their history with Jennifer Convertibles, let's be generous and say that they had a 30-day severance for part-time retail employment, which is a lot, but possible. Sure. And let's say that they had never taken a vacation ever. Now, depending on your state, some states allow part-time employees to accrue vacation time. Not all states. I don't know what where Nebraska stands with this. In California, they would have accrued about an extra week of time for the year. And it rolls over every year. So, sure. like, they have probably five weeks that they would have to be paid out severance-wise. And that's being pretty generous. But let's just say that Jennifer Convertibles is going to be nice and pay them out five weeks. Now, if they're making in the top bracket for their area, which everyone says they have the best job, so I'm going to assume that they're making kind of top level for what it is, that'd be about 15 bucks an hour. And part-time is between 20 and 40 hours, or 20 and 38 hours, technically. Yeah. So assuming that they're working typical part-time hours, let's say three to four days a week, and let's call it 28 hours on average each, which is a lot. I mean, they're there a lot, but they're there all the time, it implies. Yeah. They would have received between $2,000 and $2,500 in severance before taxes. So combined, after taxes... They'd be lucky to have about $3,500 to play with. So unless they have some savings, they can't afford the trip based on the severance alone. But as you and I talked about earlier, I think they have some savings. I I think think they own the house. I think this is just to keep them busy. Yeah. Now, they also could have gotten a great deal and agreed to listen to some timeshare presentations. Who knows? (laughs) There are options. That does happen. Anyway. Uh, so because of the film's title, a lot of people would expect this movie to be shot in the actual Florida town of Vista Del Mar. However, they were not able to shoot there. Uh, originally, they were supposed to shoot in Georgia up until the heartbeat bill passed. Oh, yeah, because a lot of production shut down there, too. A lot of production yeah, yeah. shut down. OK, cool. Yeah. And so they changed their shooting schedule And it was then shot in both Mexico for the Vista Del Mar scenes and in Albuquerque, New Mexico for the Nebraska scenes where Barb and Star live. Okay. Yep. Uh, They did, as I mentioned, write every song for the movie. That's awesome. But this is also not the first time Jamie Dornan has sung for a movie. So he actually sang a cover of Paul McCartney's Maybe I'm Amazed on the Fifty Shades Freed soundtrack, which is the one we have not gotten to yet. What? Yes. Does he sing it in the movie? He does, and I've only seen that one, I think, once, oh and God, I think he I does wait. sing it in the movie. Yeah. I can't wait till next year when you make us watch that. But it's definitely on the soundtrack. Yeah. Right. you got a year to prepare yourself. <laughs> Part of the reason they wrote this movie is because they were both approaching middle age, and they felt like it's a development stage that gets overlooked and ignored for women in movies. And part of the reason they started writing it is they were writing for the mom in Bridesmaids. So if you remember Kristen Wiig's mom's character in Bridesmaids, yeah. they kept writing a bunch of scenes of her saying all this crazy shit and it couldn't end up in the movie because it's just her saying crazy <laughs> shit so they kind of cobbled it together into two different characters to kind of make this movie now part of the reason that they cast jamie dornan is because they found out that he was a huge golden girls fan and he had been part of the golden girls fan club when he was younger No, and that he specifically was a fan of Estelle Getty. I don't know if it's a sexual fandom. I think he's just a fan. Golden girls is a great show. Yeah. Golden girls is a great show. And so I think that's, that's part of why he signs on and is willing to kind of, 
play into the craziness of this movie, but also why they agreed to kind of have him on. There was a problem with shooting, however, because Kristen Wiig has a phobia of open water. Uh, it's thalassophobia, a fear of open yeah. water and water predators. Uh, yeah, I get that. Same. Uh, whenever she, so when she like falls off the banana boat into the ocean, there were people literally there to like catch her and bring her out. <laughs> and that's also why you you see Barb in the ocean a lot. You don't see her in the ocean. You see her in pools and that's about it. Yeah, that's definitely a lot of pool shots. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, the idea for Talking Club came from the idea of wanting them to belong to, quote, something that seemed like the most boring. Like if there was any other club they went to, it would actually be like a thing that they were doing. And we said, well, what if they just talk? So they decided to create the Talking Club. But the Talking Club actually had its own plot and it was supposed to evolve to be more adventurous to correlate with Barb and Star's awakening. So it was supposed to progress. So each talking club scene was supposed to get a little wilder. And so a scene that didn't make it into the movie would have shown the club kidnapping someone that had been consistently rude to them and then accidentally killing the victim in the process and having to hide the body. <laughs> I want that movie where they Me just kill Gail. Yeah. Me too. Uh, and they decided that it didn't fit with the tone of the film. Yeah. And I'm like, it's too bad because that's funny as shit. That is really funny. Um, and I don't know if it was Gail. We don't know who it was. I have to assume it was probably Gail. Uh, the primary inspiration for their wardrobe was Kristen Wiig's mother. So literally the middle-aged woman from the 90s. That's exactly who it is. They also specifically gave Barb and Star their own color scheme and print scheme. So you see it most kind of in the end when they're in the yellow and the pink, but they basically wanted their costumes to be similar in style, but slightly different, including the jewelry. They also wanted them to be kind of more cheerful and sunny than the rest of their hometown. So they kind of stood out. And then once they get to Vista Del Mar, even more so. So they're like kind of bright for their small town. And then once they get to Vista Del Mar, it's like hot pink, hot yellow, crazy tropical stuff. So, uh, and crazy earrings, etc. And those are our fun facts. Well, awesome. Thank you for those awesome yeah. fun facts, Paige. There really isn't a lot of box office for this movie because uh, it was COVID. scheduled. Yeah, because of COVID. Because <laughs> it was scheduled to be released theatrically on July 31st, 2020, but was pushed back to July 16th, 2021, of course, because of COVID. But in January, Lionsgate announced that they were canceling the film's theatrical release and opened it up to video on demand uh, starting on February 12th of this year, of 2021. The Alamo Drafthouse did a short run, so it did make a little bit of money. Like we're, But we're talking a few thousand dollars, like not much at all in the box office. They mainly made all their money on VOD. That was about $425,000. Its worldwide box office pool was $8,389. Just because it, it didn't really get a theatrical release. Yeah. And it's now streaming on Hulu, and I'm assuming Hulu paid something for those rights, but I don't know how much that was. But I would bet that this didn't make its budget back, although I don't know what that figure is. But largely because of COVID. Yeah, and its budget was only, it was like one to five million or something like that. It, like, this is a shockingly cheap movie. Oh. Um, and I only know that from watching like a behind the scenes thing where they talked about kind of like how they got the movie made and they really had to argue for it being that low of a budget. And so I think part of the way they got away with that was A, filming in Mexico instead of Florida. And yeah. filming in Albuquerque instead of Nebraska. Albuquerque probably gave them a credit. 
of some sort. Yeah, a lot of places now do. I know um, Atlanta did. I know Nashville does. So a lot of pla- yeah. a lot of places do. Mm-hmm. But that's your box office. Do you guys think they're still together? No. I think they're living together as a polyamorous threesome, and they're the talk <laughs> of the town. Same. Like that's what yeah. Talking Club wants to talk about every week. Yep. So this week, Paige, you made us watch Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar, and thank you so much for that. You're welcome. Next week, I am making you watch a movie that I remember watching. I think in the theater shortly after it came out, starring one Sandra Bullock. Uh-huh. Michael Caine, uh-huh. Benjamin Bratt, and William Shatner. We are going to be watching Miss Congeniality. Fun fact, oh. my husband is currently working for a guy that was in Miss, <gasps> Miss Congeniality. Really? Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'll point him out when we watch it. But uh, awesome. I'm very excited to watch Miss Congeniality. I'm pretty sure there's going to be fat shaming galore, but it is going to probably still hold up. I was just about to say, I don't remember the movie all that well, but I know it takes place in like a beauty pageant kind of a thing. Yes. So I'm sure it doesn't <laughs> hold up really well because it came out like early 2000s. Honestly, I, I feel like I watched it a couple years ago and was like, this is still pretty fucking funny. Oh, really? Um, That's good to hear. Yeah. I mean, we'll see next week, but yep. your homework for next week is to get wine drunk, enter a beauty competition as an undercover FBI agent, and watch mm-hmm. Miss Congeniality. Woohoo! So, Mike, do you have a review for us to read? No, I have forgot about that. So while you look one up, let me tell them how they can have their review read on the podcast, and that is to leave us a five-star text review, and Mikey will read it for you. So, Mikey, whose review you going to do this week? I just want to say, while you're looking, Jake just sent me a text that said, is someone really arguing that there's no romance in Barb and Star? That's right. Well, Jake disagrees with you. I don't think your husband would ever take my side on an argument against you. So, (laughs) 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 and that's a good sign. Uh, Abby Gibson says this is bonkers in the best way. Uh, Is that the whole thing? No, that's just the title. Uh, Okay. Do you want to read all of it? No, no, no. The (laughs) P.S. at the end, I thought I had to do an accent, but thank God I did not. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I was going to strategize because I thought I was going to have to read this in a Jar Jar Binks voice, and I (laughs) was not not prepared for that. Use it going to butcher a review? (laughs) Oh, Misa. Uh, (laughs) The horror virgin rocks my socks, so as soon as I heard these three were making another podcast, I was here for it. Nice. I love how comical these episodes are. And one of my favorite things is hearing all the jokes that carry on through multiple episodes. Yeah, that's uh, we like to carry on bits like Truck's Executioner lasted way longer than it should have. <laughs> Never dies. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike my brother. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I beat you to it, you bastard. Oh, I'll never stop listening. Wow, it's a strong statement, particularly to see if Mikey will ever get Robert Patterson's name right. I love how he just said Robert, Robert Pattinson. Robert Patterson. <laughs> she spelled it right, and I butchered it. Uh, you guys are so fun, and I look forward to every new episode whether I've seen the movie or not. Excellent. Five stars. Well, thank you so much, Yay. Abby Gibson, for that awesome five-star review. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin, and that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on, but Paige gets around, and she is on two other podcasts, Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it's, it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. 
So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at MRandolph24, and I am at Todd J. Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. To completion. I'm your heroine now. <laughs> Bye! Manatee nerds! Manatee nerds! <laughs> there wasn't enough manatees in the movie, though. There were no manatees in the movie, Mikey. I know. Which is, there should always be one. The manatee union's pretty rough, actually. Oh.